This episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by Avast. Avast has been a global leader in cybersecurity for more than 30 years and is trusted by over 435 million users. Avast One is their best protection yet, giving you everything you need to take control of your safety and privacy online. And it's accessible through an easy, no, a, a single easy to use interface. <laughs> a free version includes essential features such as free antivirus, free VPN, and free firewall protection. And while the uh, while the premium version has even more advanced protection, learn more about Avast One at avast.com. In this episode of Full Nerd, 12th Gen Alder Lake is here. XMP3 and Max Max. Welcome to episode 195 of uh, The Full Nerd, and I've flubbed it already. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Mark Hockman to my left. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. We're here. We're, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and yes, Matthew Lang, I, I'm reading off a, a prompter. That's uh, where the ad read lives uh, so that I can look cool. Yep. Uh, you know what else is looking cool? Gordon drinking uh, out of one of our new mugs. Like that, yeah. Wow. Friend of the show mug. Nice. He's, he's so fancy. It says, yeah, friend of the show. Yeah. Although I'm realizing it's the handle's on the wrong side. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I've got my little full nerd uh, pin here, the little enamel pin. Yeah. Get yours now. Thank you for all the people who've uh, have gotten the merch so far. It's uh, it's it's been fun. I I can't wait for the day that I actually get to go out in person again and and maybe see somebody wear full nerd merch. That, that would be pretty cool. Uh, so yeah. Get, get get yours today, <laughs> uh, but you know you know what people aren't going to get today. What? Because it's not released yet. But it got detailed. Is Alder Lake or Intel twelfth gen parts? Uh, Gordon, what's what's yeah. the lowdown here? Well, lowdown is a lot of claims. Uh, we can walk through some of it. We have some slides to walk you through. Basically, it's Intel's twelfth gen part. Yeah, it is. I think they've described it as their most significant uh, processor upgrade in. You know, a long time. I think probably the audience would say probably a long ass time. It's mm. been is long overdue. Looks really good. A lot of really bold claims. Uh, obviously, it is hybrid. It so is. you get performance yep. cores. You, you get your e cores basically, and it's kind of what we hope Lakefield is going to be. Yeah, I think probably it's one of those things where like Lakefield is like the SQ one mm, of like sort of right. like hybrid parts in yeah, a way. Right. So you kind of like oh yeah. this this part looks way meaner. Uh, I'll, I'll summarize what you get. You get to the new internal thread director to manage all the the weirdness of you know E cores and P cores. You get DDR five. You get PCIe five. Sixteen lanes. PCIe four. Also unexpected is a but. Well, Good idea is they doubled the DMI yeah, on the exactly. chipset, that's, so that's there's a lot of stuff. And this integrated Wi-Fi 6E support, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize was there until this morning, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Should I be showing a slide? Is it? Oh, just we're, talking, just we're just talking about slide oh, okay. one. We can skip okay. that, yeah. though. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, actually, I, I think for people who are into the nuts and bolts, you want to do slide two, let's just do the um, 600 series chipset. Okay. Because people love their chipsets. Yeah. The unsung the hero thing. of every desktop computer yep and you can see basically you're getting you know gen 4 lanes you're getting the 8 uh, dmi gen 4 so basically doubled what you got out of rocket lake mm -hmm. which is pretty good and you can need that because you know it would be very cynical to give you gen 4 and not increase the dmi bandwidth which for people don't know is the interconnect between the chipset and the cpu right 
Although that wouldn't be a very good cynical, but then everybody would scream about it. No Thunderbolt, though. Not in this one. <sighs> yeah, that's interesting, right? Yep. I mean, it's always optional because, you know, yeah, Thunderbolt is... Mainly for notebooks, but still. Kind of limited utility on a desktop because you've got all the PCIe. You do, yeah. You kind of like it as a bonus if you are a content creator and you want to hook up your Thunderbolt drive. But, you know, most of the higher-end boards are going to integrate it. It's yeah, just, that's true. just takes... Um, it costs more. Take costs more. They got sent out for qualification, blah, blah, blah. Uh, slows down a little bit. And the money shot, of course, is slide three, which is, you know, it's all the models. This is what oh, they yeah. always, it's Absolutely. really funny. Every time Intel does their briefings now, they're like, and this is the part you only, this is the only part you care about. <laughs> and let me tell you, and Ian can attest to this. I'm not making this up. Also, Mark, when it's a bad year, when it's a bad launch, and here's a chart. Oh, and here's the next one. Wait, wait, I didn't see it. What? Can you go back? Oh, well, we're going to go to Q&A now. We'll get you those slides later. It's like, but we want to gaze at the chart because we want to ask about why this part is this. Yeah, you don't care about these parts. There was no, like, problems here. No, You're like, absolutely. Here's yeah. all the parts. You want here's your benchmarks? We got your benchmarks. We'll keep it up for five minutes. No problems. Yeah, but absolutely. I've literally been in briefings on certain parts where uh-huh. clearly... Yep. Intel was not happy Let's to like, platform. Remember those? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. Wait, yep. Yep. It was like, it's one of those like one split second, right? The, the thing with this though, I mean, it's tough to describe these parts because are we describing them from a, a cores with threads? I mean, base clocks, turbo clocks, the E cores have turbo clocks, the P cores have turbo clocks. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Almost, I mean, uh, I almost, I almost need like some sort of like industry shorthand for this kind of thing because I mean, it just was like when I was trying to even summarize it, it was just like, okay, there's a lot to summarize. You know, someone just slap up the slide right here and just say, all right, day over. I kind of like how Intel did it though, the eight P plus AE. Yeah, like, we'd have yeah. to have something to explain that, but I think that's a good shorthand way to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's the clock speeds that kind of confuse me because I mean, it's just like, I mean, what do you lead with? I guess we have to lead with the P core base. I mean, that's sort of what we're defining it as. Yeah, although, yeah, I mean, it'll get really weird too as the sort of E core base increases or decreases yeah. based on on what you cuz I don't know how we're going to communicate cuz the 12 the 12900k actually has a slower base clock than the 12600k. I mean, that's just the weird part about it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know part of that is cuz the like if you're going to really hammer all of them, you know, you just have that more thermal load. Absolutely. So. No, it's just it's just kind of just confusing to describe to the general public though. Oh yeah, the the the, the higher one is actually looks slower. Yeah. Uh and of course for audio listeners at the high end you get a i9 12900k which mm-hmm. uh, I've come to just realize I have to describe as P core, E core, and then thread. So it's 8816. Uh, there's, of course, a KF version. There's a i7 12700K, which is an 8412 part. So eight P cores, four E cores, 12 threads. Um, the gem here is probably going to be that i5 12600K, which mm-hmm. is going to be a 64. Wait, 14. Six four. God. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, how many is it? Like 10 plus 4? Yeah, okay. It's 6 plus 4. It's So it's uh, 14. So uh, 6, 4, 14. And then there's a KF version of that. Uh, and I, there, so, the KF yeah, six parts are a, lot of, a little cheaper, actually. Was that, did was that, that happen with Rocket League? I cannot even remember. Oh, the KF, I never, you mean? I never pay attention to the KF parts. When I <sighs> yeah, I know. I was trying to think about that myself. I, I don't recall either. I think they're generally a little cheaper because, I mean, they just, you know, they just toss over the, the integrated GPU for discrete. So. But I, I just remember there was a time where, for people who don't know, the F version um, has no 
graphics yeah, card. No it's graphics been turned off. It's yep. probably bad. Yep. They they normally would have thrown those away, but it's been so bad over the last few years they mm-hmm. started to sell them. Now it's like a regular regular thing, so there's no graphics core. Uh, prices, should we get in a pricing discussion here? Sure. Mm-hmm. Should we? Five eighty nine for the for the twelve nine hundred K, and basically you you save about thirty bucks by going to KF. Mm-hmm. The i seven twenty seven hundred K is four hundred nine. Uh, same thing, you, you shave off thirty bucks or so for the uh, KF, and then for the i five twelve six hundred K, it's two eighty nine. And actually, the i five twelve six hundred KF is two sixty four. And Mark has a very different view than yeah, me. And no, actually, I'm realizing they're extremely. It's not just you too, because they're, they're very polarizing, right? Because I think these are pretty good prices. See, and I would disagree. And part of it is because, well, first of all, they're fifty. So if you look over the the prices, about fifty bucks higher than than Rocket Lake, which you know, in my mind, sure, that's a substantial increase. And then we can get into the arguments of whether you're actually going to be buying it at MSRP too. That's just. Uh, you know, a reasonable question for this holiday season. I'm not entirely certain that that will happen. Although we did seem to see, I think, you know, earlier this year, um, some one-off CPU sales. So maybe the supply situation is a little bit better, but I was also thinking about it from a platform standpoint, because, you know, if you want to go ahead and get the top of the line processor here, the 12900 K, you're also going to be thinking about DDR five. You might be thinking about some additional, uh, you know, peripherals to take advantage of, which I don't think we have any PC, IE five uh, not yet SSDs yet right exactly but we're going to be headed in that GPUs. direction yeah right or GPUs um, but yeah I, I mean I'm 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 thinking more about sort of a platform upgrade I mean this is going to be kind of a pricey upgrade for some people um, if and they even, want to double even, even in these early days even if you're looking at that twelve six hundred K part they only launched the enthusiast class motherboards too right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also, real quick, uh, to get some clarification, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, what's up, uh, says uh, da, 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 the 589 for the 12900K is the tray price, so it's probably more like 650 retail. That's possible, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, True. maybe. You know, I mean, I sort of go with... Tray pricing to tray pricing seems reasonable. The, 1K, the 1KU pricing has been the price they've always published. Mm-hmm. And, of course, way, way back, you'd have... People would complain because the retail part would come out a little ex- more expensive. Then about three months later, once the pent-up demand is over, it would dip actually down. dip down below the trade price. That was the way it traditionally – I mean, that's – I mean, millions of i5, 2,500Ks were sold that way. They were below the 219 generally. 189 was kind of the price. Sure. Right. right. So I think it's – I don't know. It, it's It's a crazy world, and I can't really hold any hardware vendor responsible for where – Things might be marked up due to the crazy world we live in. But my argument for why I think these the prices are so aggressive is this is their new part. Mm. The performance claims they're making are pretty aggressive. And if they are saying there's a slide in here we'll show, and they have said, and I think their demo they showed off, it actually outperforming a 5950X yesterday. Right? Absolutely, yeah. So Intel showed off like, hey, our 12900K can stand with a 5950X better. Right, is what they sort of are claiming. And there's also, by I the mean, way, 5950X is seven hundred fifty dollars. That's true. That's so right. what what are you going to complain about? This is five eighty nine. We're as fast as like how the hell can that not be a you know the one? I mean, the, and the other thing to consider too is that you know the Intel Innovation event, which is I think still going on actually today, and so the second day. I mean, they said uh, 
you know, Gregory Bryant just dropped in that the Intel's shipping 28 versions of all their like the PC makers, and there will be eventually 60 new processors in the other like brought the family. So I guess we're just scratching the surface on this stuff. Um, huh. I'm not sure if he's referring to the. Uh, I, I would think he's probably including mobile in there and ultra mobile. Um, yeah. But for right now, um, if he is, if we are shipping 28, that probably means there's some Core i3 processors lurking down there. I mean, when we had Rocket Lake X, we had essentially two slides of like, okay, here's all the Core i9s, i7s, and i5s, and here's all the i3s. And so we just, like I said, we just sort of have a couple of each of the families right now, nothing in the i3 family. So I'm guessing we'll probably see something more coming down the pipe in a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 28 is... Before, full I want to talk about pricing before we go too far ahead. Yeah, I think, in my opinion... Uh, the answer is both. I think you're both right and you're both wrong. Everyone's right here. Everyone's wrong. Here. <laughs> oh boy, where's uh, my prize? <laughs> yeah. So, so, but in my opinion, at least, if like the 12900K does come out and manages to beat the 5950X and you're mm-hmm. getting it for $160 cheaper, that's great. That's wonderful. That's what you want to see. I'm also personally, I've been seeing it real bad in the graphics card side. I'm starting to see it on the CPU side. Worried about companies saying hey our part is faster now so we're charging more for it so prices have been creeping upwards and upwards and upwards like we're looking at this i have i'm reasonably confident that that 12600k is going to kick a lot of butt but it's still nearly 300 dollars for a core i5 part mm-hmm. uh the 12700 part is now over 400 bucks in the past it used to be hey here's our new generation it's faster at the same price uh, we saw this generation, we saw it with AMD, what they just did with the 5000 series. They're like, here's the new, here's the new parts. They're faster. So we're charging more. So prices have been creeping upwards. And I find that a worrying trend in both CPUs and GPUs, especially Absolutely. with all the shortage issues going on. Everything, game prices, the whole works. Well, I, I yeah. want to bring up two so, points. One, it was very easy to argue that five, five or the, the list price for 1100K Rocket Lake, 14 nanometer part. Was five forty not five forty? Sounds right. That part did not. I mean, it was like it was really hard to justify at five forty, right? Frankly, because yeah, yeah, it couldn't even. What were they going to price it up with the fifty nine fifty X just to get beaten bloody? I mean, the fifty nine hundred X destroyed it. So what was really the point there? That part was not exactly great in performance for what you were getting for the money. No, you're eking at the last. So now you're animator. you're getting basically if Intel's claims are are correct. Uh, I can't speak to any uh, personal experiences, but you're now getting 5950X performance for, you know, 100-something bucks less. Mm-hmm. And I also want to point out... Which is I, good. And it's, that's great. And also I want to point out, like, the i5-12 600KF is 264. The original Core i5-2500K, which people still run. Elena probably still runs. It. I'm sure she does <laughs> to get her money's worth out of it. That thing was... 219 218 when introduced i believe adjusted for inflation it's 263 dollars now so this 1200 kf is a dollar more than what the the i5 was well, I, inflation is real they do have to pay more they have to pay employees salaries they got to pay things are real prices mm-hmm. i just don't understand how people like kind of pretend like they expect to get prices from 10 years ago Yet factoring in the constant, everybody, I, I don't, I can tell you, I'm not paying the same thing out I did for gasoline, a car, or, or Jordans, you know, from 15 or 20 years ago. Mm. It's just not real. Uh, well, I'm, I'm comparing more against the last generation. Like that's, I agree, inflation is a thing. It needs to be accounted for. I think it's reasonable, but it's more the 
every generation now, it seems like they're going, oh, it's, it's faster than before, so we're charging more. Well, and I don't like which that. Which it should always be faster than before. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It should be, right? Because that's how they get you to, that's how you, they right. get you to buy it. It's got to be shiny and new. But couldn't they have just said, let's price it at 749 they could. Um, I, you know, the well, the other th- thing I think about, too, when I see these prices as well, is that, you know, Intel and AMD both have just been animated to that because of the supply situation. They're going to be pushing the high, the, the PC makers, and this, I guess, is not coming from Intel or AMD. It's going to be, we're going to be pushing the high-end parts. So, you know, you're going to see, which is, I don't know how to view it. I guess you're going to see, because it, it seems like the high-end usually commands a higher premium, and... It seems like everyone's going to try to maximize their profit this holiday season, which isn't necessarily great news for consumers because, you know, if, if there's a bunch of I, I, there could be Lamborghinis up and down the block and I still can't afford one. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. And that is every single manufacturer is doing that. Like right. um, you don't go. I've been car shopping. And when you go to look at a car. You're not getting the DX versions anymore Mm-mm. with like nothing stripped out because they're like, you know what? I put like another five percent more effort into this stupid thing. I can make another twenty percent. Exactly. They all want to. They, they want the percentages. It's all so about that's, selling. And that's how the system works. That's. I, not- I am that. I'm not trying to sound overly negative on this. Just, just to be the thing. Like you're saying, I think if they do manage to topple the fifty nine fifty X for a hundred and fifty dollars less, that's great. Yeah. It's just it's a very nuanced conversation. I right. think. Which is, well, of course, stair step. I mean, AMD will come out with their own. Well, and and also yeah. people are in the chat are like, wait, why why are we still not comparing it to street prices versus these prices? Like, is is are the prices Intel showing right now different than what is going to be street price? Is it always different? Oh well, I would expect that they will be probably, but we just so, don't know. So the, we don't know the street price. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. so but I mean, so. so we're talking theoretically about this pricing on their slides that's all we can even do. though it's not yeah. going to be what it is on street yeah that's all we can do it's usually it's usually 20 to 40 very rarely 50 dollars more than this is what i've seen in the past yeah and we'll we'll see immediately especially places like such as new egg new egg their automatic pricing engine um is like oh it's 589 lists day of launch Seven hundred dollars. yeah right right because yep, that's right. it's just like you know what we only got so many parts everybody wants to buy them should I should I do you a favor and sell something to you cheaper? Are you going to be a loyal customer? No, because you're not. You're going to go buy it from the cheapest place. So I'm going to make my money now. That's how most of them think. <laughs> which, uh, but, which always brings us to the the same thing we've been talking about for a while. Is like you know how do you have that argument of oh it's a good deal or it's not a good deal when prices are just so right yeah, right. But I mean that's again the world is in an insane place. I think the good sign though is this is not. This is not a 3080. This is not a 3090 pricing where it's like, oh yeah, here's a $600 now going for a $1,900. Right. That's not, right. it's not that. We did see markup on CPUs maybe a 12 months ago. Uh, you couldn't get Ryzen 5000s forever, but now basically you can get them all day at their list price or a little lower. Some of them a little lower. So I think the demand, the problem is the GPU side is really kind of put a crimp on everything. So I, I don't think, I think realistically, in three months, 589 is what you're going to be able to mm-hmm. buy this part for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's okay. also worth pointing out that these don't have to deal with all the international shipping issues that AMD and NVIDIA have to do because they have their stuff made at Samsung and TSMC. Intel makes these parts right here in America, a yeah. lot of them at least. True. So. Yeah. Although, how, what, what's your feeling about are these? I mean, my gut says they're probably going to sell out fairly quickly for at least a week or two, don't you think? Or are these, um, think what do you think about that? What's, I think 
I sort of have adopted a it'll be bad for three months kind of scenario mm-hmm. for everything because <laughs> every launch in the last two years, three years, but even before all this, you know, crazy weirdness in the world, um, remember? Like you yeah, would like the parts were just hard to get, so mm-hmm. especially AMD, AMD. It's it is one of the things that where AMD really would have had more market share if they had more capacity, right? Right, and they said that in the earnings call too. Actually, they bought more GPU capacity, so their market share went up. But yes, that's the way it's working right now. <laughs> <laughs> Manufacturing supply is kind of governing things. Yeah, so I th- it'll be bad. I think it'll be immediately sold out, and then you know, but you know, Intel is a monster, right? And arguably, this is the even as badly received as Rocket Lake was. Those things sold out immediately mm-hmm. too. They were sure. hard to get yeah. every single chip. Immediately sells out. Doesn't matter. So I think it'll be bad for a few months, and then people will forget about this. All the arguing over the prices. Well, uh, Doctor Ian Cutters makes a good point. Uh, actually, doesn't matter because uh, DDR5 availability is probably going to be the weak link. Could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could could very well be. I still have not. If you go that way, has anybody seen any actual confirmed DDR5 prices? I've not been able to get anybody to tell me what prices. But, uh, I mean, actual like well, Keith. Actual Keith, Keith, uh, Keith reported on uh, the the weekly news segment, just saying that uh, I can't remember who it was maybe Corsair. No, I, I can't remember one of the, one of them saying it's probably going to be forty to sixty percent higher. Than yeah, the ER4. MSI said that. Yeah, MSI, MSI said that's that. Right. Yeah, but that's sort of like probably. I kind of want. I want. I just want to see like here's how much a thirty two gig dim costs DDR five. <laughs> you know, I, I want to see that just so I I get the shock. And I agree, yeah, DDR5 is going to suck, but um, also I've never been through a memory transition where it didn't suck. Yeah, It's exactly. like every single one has sucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm not sure. I know a lot of people, this would be the first time they're going through it because they their entire world has been DDR3 or DDR4, right? DDR4, so yeah. There have been many, many memory transitions. My God, think back to the original RAM bus. <laughs> Those already RAM modules were like, how much? God, yeah. <clears throat> So it's there. it's always really bad. Well, we we got some more slides to go. I yeah, know we kind of uh, yeah we got and then, jumped so, through like, some of these. So we'll just look at some of the performance. Uh, next one is basically they're saying nineteen percent improvement at ISO frequency, uh, spec SysMark twenty five, CrossMark PC Mark ten, Web Expert Geekbench five point four one. So there's definitely some things where yeah they're <laughs> pretty good. And that, you know, again, there's some things that are, are beyond that uh, 19%. So it depends on what you're running because these are completely, it's a completely new architecture. Next one is gaming performance. Um, no joke here because, hey, 11900K was actually wasn't a, I think it wasn't as bad as a lot of people say it is. Of course, obviously, I, I was outside probably the, the herd on that one. But clearly, Alder Lake is better than, um, than 11900K, according to Intel. Mm hmm. Um, here right. may be some controversial one. That's it's the, the one. leadership gaming performance. Right. This compares multiple games, uh, 11th gen, uh, Ryzen 5000, 5950X, so arguably the best of the, the Ryzen part, mm-hmm. and a 12th gen, 12900K. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket Lake. Now, hang on a second, because we just got to mention, because these 5950X benchmarks are were tested before the cache fix for Windows 11 was put in put into place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Lots of people talking about that in the chat. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Intel told us, well, told everyone, I guess, that they had tested beforehand and that they would retest and re-release the results. I don't know when that's going to happen, um, but they at least committed publicly to it. So, you know, those numbers are going to change, but I don't know what they're going to be. 
Yeah. And that's I'd, reasonable. People are looking at it like a boogeyman. I've seen people shouting conspiracy theories yeah, online over this. Right. I mean, it literally, like, this was messed up for everybody. Right, exactly. Like, and they just fixed it. I don't think there's any shady in this going on. There. I don't I think it was good of them to mention it. Yeah, they specifically called it out. Uh, I mean, without any prompting. So, I mean, that's, I thought that was, you know, pretty upfront with their part. Their part. Yeah. So. And then it, it kind of sucks for everybody because, again, remember, Alder Lake is going to run best on Windows 11. Mm hmm. I mean, they couldn't do like Windows 10 because then that hurts themselves. And right. They're sure yeah, as hell right not going to do that. And then it's just, it was just a bad situation for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to rerun this. And also, I think people need to realize lawyers are no fun. Everybody knows a lawyer. And if you're a lawyer listening, you know you're no fun. Right. Like, <laughs> you, you are literally the person that kills all the fun in the room every time. Speaking of no fun, I was just while we were, you were talking, looking up. I have press releases from Corsair, Kingston, oh. and G Skill. Ooh. And all of them say, "Check with your local distributor." Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Ooh, that one's gonna burn. Actually, when the MSI said that forty to sixty percent, I was like, "That seems really kind of rosy." Frankly, yeah. I expected to be, I expected to be a hundred percent. And these numbers too are ten eighty p, and I think they tested against a thirty ninety. So you know, sort of an. I mean, sure, it's a reasonable way to test, but. <laughs> Probably not typical for the average user at this point. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean for the, the resolution, sure, not the GPU. Well, plus also the the high refresh rate panels are right. Sort of change that equation. Um, I, I sort of think everybody who wants to sort of you know wring their hands over this, just wait for the reviews to come out. Whatever. That, I mean, that's true. Even if they came out and said we were tested, we're still faster. You wouldn't believe them anyway. So just wait for the reviews. But I know that won't. Matter. You should you do still anyway. Complain on Twitter and, and Reddit about it. So. <laughs> I yeah, I want to see it myself. So, wait, you should wait for reviews to you buy should, something. You well. should wait for <laughs> reviews to see. I think the reviews will probably give you a little more clarity because, and again, they have their numbers that they have to do because they have to be able to make a claim, and then a lawyer has to check off on it so they don't get sued for making stuff up. And then it's it's baked. It's basically it's already baked in. Mm. All the stuff is done. And by the time they get around to retesting, and they're not going to, and getting a lawyer to approve it, it's just like, why, why bother to wait? And for there that? are like pages of footnotes attached to these, usually where they have all sorts of claims, where they have, okay, this is our justification for this particular claim. So, <laughs> to their credit, they do do that. So, whether you yeah. believe it or not, uh, Doctor Ian Cutrus wants to know uh, who's uh, testing slash writing the PC root review. I testing what? Testing what? What are you talking about? Mm. Yep. Okay. Uh, and what's what's the next slide you want to go to? Well, next one is just leaping game performance. This is uh, you know Alder Lake versus Rocket Lake, and and again, no kidding, they they are faster than their their Rocket Lake part. Um, this next one is shows off just basically productivity performance because it's not about gaming. It's not only about gamers with PCs used for everything. We got Sysmark fifteen percent, Crossmark nineteen percent. Uh, there's also uh, this. I love this new uh, UL Procyon, by the way. Fifteen uh, percent faster than than uh, than Rocket Lake. Basically, <clears throat> productivity testing. Basically, Procyon. Yeah, Procyon. Yeah. And this is doing, doing Office. And what's mm -hmm. cool in this new version and two point is they do it all at the same time. Yeah. So it's multitasking. Exactly. It's actually very realistic. Nobody right. runs Word by itself. You run Word, Outlook, PowerPoint. That's true. And they do that. They run Word, PowerPoint, Out, uh, Outlook, mm -hmm. Excel. Uh, next one, of course. Next slide. Sorry, we're stepping through these pretty quickly, but. This is pretty huge. Uh, no surprise, though. I, I, I think they did an Apple here, frankly. The giant leap for content creation. Their Intel is claiming 32% faster for 12th gen over 11th gen in Puget or Premiere. 
Uh, Lightroom Classic, 36%, and then 100% After Effects. Um, and I, I'm I'm saying, of course, they're pulling in Apple because Rocket Lake is just kind of like, oh, that was a Fredo of the... Can you even say that anymore? It's a Godfather <laughs> reference. That is a Godfather <laughs> reference. That's true. That is a Godfather. It's just, it was not a well-received chip. It was making the best of a bad situation, which is being stuck on 14 nanometer and makes in some ways like a core versus a 16 core, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. E core P core. That's just like, that is not even, that's just a gimme, right? That's a gimme. So this is, it's like Apple, like, no, we're so much faster than the laptop. We have neglected for three years. Right. Eh, right. Just, okay. Right. Give me a break. So, uh, and then one more slide here is a giant leap performance content creation, uh, 36% Puget Lightroom Classic overall. This is 11th gen versus 12th gen. Premier Pro, 32%. Again, Catalyst Benchmark, 22%. Autodesk Revit, 37%. After Effects, again, 100%. This is 12th gen against 11th gen. They just like, it's just so much better than the previous part. Mm-hmm. And then this actually, this, this one's actually very important. Yeah, this is the fun one. This is single threaded fixed frequency performance. And it really, I think it helps me understand. Helps me understand where this part is going to land. If Absolutely. these claims are yeah. correct, right? This is the gen over gen. This is the real. This is the one that we want. Uh, so, for audio listeners, uh, the first column is a tenth gen Intel Core part, which is basically your baseline. Eleventh gen is about twelve percent faster than the the tenth gen, right? Those really popular fourteen nanometer tenth gen parts. Twelfth gen is twenty eight percent on the P core or that tenth gen part. But the thing that really should make you go, huh? Is that 12th gen Intel E core? Remember, these are what everybody thought would be Atom cores. Yeah, right, the slow ones. Mm-hmm. It's 1% faster than a 10th gen Intel Common Lake S. Right, slightly slower than 11th gen, but still, who cares? I mean, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, the, the thing is, it's sort of like the way to look at it is like you're getting eight performance cores yep. that are 28% faster than a Common Lake S. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting another eight, you know, mini cores that are. As fast, it's sort of like having a brand new CPU with another eight core Commodore CPU tacked on there, right? Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course they're making a lot of performance uh, power claims. This next one is white performance hybrid. Uh, this helps you understand it too. They're basically saying eleven nine hundred K at two hundred fifty watts. Uh, you definitely are using. Looks like oh, this is Blender Cosmos. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. If I read this chart right, we may need some Ian expertise here because he could probably explain this. 50% higher multi-thread performance at peak power with uh, 12900K over 11900K. More power consumption, but yeah, 65 watts. And a 65-watt part, they are getting the same performance as an 11900K yeah. was at 250 watts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a little bit of foreshadowing here, I guess, for the mobile parts. I mean, you're not going to be running anything at 125, but still, you get a sense for, you know, you just step down the power, performance scaled appropriately. So, Yeah. No, it, and it really, it's it's going to be kind of a weird thing to un- figure out where this part falls in performance, too, and, and power. Although I've never kind of understood why people care so much about that on a desktop, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm old school, so. Uh, real quick, Ian says, uh, Blender Cosmos means Blender late. The latest Blender using the Cosmos scene. Oh, okay. I've not seen that scene. I I got to catch up on it. Blender can be really weird sometimes too. Like, I actually have a KB Lake workload that Intel had floated, and I ran it. It's like this thing is like highly single threaded. How mm-hmm. did you make? How did you come up with a model for Blender that was like all single threaded? By the way, in the KB Lake days, so that was good for them. But I didn't use it. 
And the last actually very interesting thing is there's actually a new definition of power. Um, this is the power definition update. Uh, basically, PL1, PL2, which, frankly, nobody ever understood what the hell it ever meant. <laughs> the new names are processor-based power and maximum turbo power, as I understand it. It's still a little hard for me to, to wrap my brain around, but basically it's it's a friendlier way to understand PL1, PL2, I yeah, think. Yeah, TDP's gone away as well. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, you know, I, to me, it's all... I, I, I don't understand why people get a little too fixated on it, because they don't all... The AMD and Intel sort of define it differently, so why bother to even get into the, yeah, the whole true. TDP thing? Is like talking about clock speeds. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. the the more efficient you are, that's just the more powerful you can be, right? That's why TDP matters. Beyond the fact that you might be in a place where electricity is expensive or right, it's hot and right. stuff like that. Powerful. But yeah, but I mean, like the more efficient part, you can theoretically push it further. So it does matter. <clears throat> no, I I think it does matter. I think it's just so hard to. It's like how long can I talk on my cell phone in minutes? Mm. I don't know. Or how long can I use my cell phone? Or what's my mileage going to be like? You know, nobody in the world has ever hit EPA, EPA numbers. <laughs> like maybe drop my car, car off a cliff, it would hit those EPA numbers, but right. it never, it would never do it. Right. So I just don't think it's, it's a useful reference, but people get a little too like, oh my God, kind of caught up in the whole thing. Oh, you know, one thing we didn't mention was the fact that we don't have yet a, uh, all P core processor. That was the yeah. Remember we were talking. That was the yeah. They haven't announced that. Yeah, right? they haven't announced it. Yeah. So we have if that's coming, that it's coming in the future. We haven't seen that yet. And this is in reference to uh, a game optimization guide that said there will be um, parts without. Mm-hmm. And actually, it looked to me like basically a six P core, no E core version. So sort of an. I oh, thought it like my. I thought it, hmm. if the leaks, I mean. The thing is, Intel basically pulled it, and they said, yeah, that was something we shouldn't have published. It was still being reviewed. Right. But re-reviewing it, it actually showed as a six-core P-core. Interesting. So you can see, like, so right now your i5 is a six-core, six-four. Right. Well, you know what? We're going to take away those those four Comet Lake cores, Hmm. and, you know, that's going to really hurt multi-threaded performance. So that's what I think it's going to be pitched as. That's interesting. I would have thought would get, they would have gone on like an eight core or a ten core and just like called it an X part. That's what I sort of thought yeah. they would do, but then it would get weird because those, if their numbers are right, the E cores do help. Yeah. So true. you lose that sort of. I would think a, a ten core, you know, ten core Sapphire Rapids would potentially lose to a, a sixteen core Ryzen, right? Mm, yeah, you would think. Because so I, right. you know, they probably. They probably balance the math out, and you know, you sort of take some of the cores. If you have bad, you have bad core, mm-hmm. and you sort of resell it. I, that's what I sort of thought it would be some kind of insane overclocking part, like a KB Lake X, right? Right, right which exactly. was, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, KB Lake X was clearly um, not well received. So, but that was that was a part made specifically to break overclocking records. True. Of yep. course, everybody thought, oh, regular people would want to buy it, and well, no, they wouldn't want to buy it. So, yeah. And they finally broke their overclocking record. They just didn't. Oh, they, they did yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They couldn't quite manage it on stream, but they did it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> where they? Where were they going for? I don't know. Actually, I didn't see the number. It was one of those things where the camera was too far away to see the screen. Yeah, and I, I saw that in the in the in the roundtable they did afterward. Pat, Pat Gelsinger's like, yeah, you know, I I remember the overclocking demo we did that crash too. It's like it happens, and it's true. It does happen. I know everybody wants to. You know, get aggro about it, but mm. it, it happens. That's uh, the nature of overclocking, especially when you're trying to set records. Yep, absolutely. Do you think Bill Gates fired that person when they got that blue screen? That was like that's like the other famous one where they have blue screen during the demo. Uh, Ian says uh, they got six point eight. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Also, we we have a stack of uh, of, uh, Super Chats I want to get to. Thank you so much. Uh, Number one full nerd fan, a.k.a. V. Suggester, said, uh, (laughs) in before anyone else, will the 12900K be faster than a Ryzen 6000? Not serious. Hi, Gordon. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's asked the the Mac question yet, but uh, (laughs) we got a a uh, $19.99 super chat from uh, Marlon Yamzon. Hi. Uh, Said, no questions asked. Just wanted to say, keep up the good work. You guys keep me entertained while I'm at work. So, yeah. Great. And you know what I always say? You tell your boss... Hey, I'm watching a piece of world stream. I'm learning about computers, boss. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's work. Uh, you know, it's like accreditation. You're not watching none of those gamers Nexus or videos, are you? Or Tech yeah. Tech Potato? Those gamers. Uh, we got $5 from... Oh, serious, boss. We got $5 super chat from Kevin Weiss. Thank you so much. Uh, said, Corsair has DDR5 on their website. 32 gig, 5200 mega transfers uh, for 289.99. 32 gig for almost a single dim. What's I'm trying to think of what 32 gig? No, I think it's 216. Oh, 216. Yeah. So for for almost 300. So that's what about 100 percent markup maybe. See, that's what I sort of would have expected, but that is a higher. That's a 5200 kit. So the memory guys are so cutthroat. I'm sure they're going to try to squeak out every bit of profit margin they can until yeah. competition forces the prices. And down. I think people don't. They just don't understand how it works with the whole memory business too. I mean, I don't know if it's changed, but all I remember is memory was like. <laughs> That boomer bus wasn't like that was like for them it was just like they went from like like running actually running the fabs to make memory so they can sell it at a loss. Right. What the <laughs> hell kind of business is that, right? If I don't sell <laughs> this to you, volume. even though I'm losing money, I lose more money. Right. That is a terrible business. So let me tell you when it's a sunny day, you want to stock up, you want to put as many nuts underground as you can because yeah, there sure. rainy days in the ram business like it is ugly. Uh, we also got a $45 super chat. Thank you so Whoa. much from uh, wow. Mike Quinton. Really appreciate it. Uh, said, will Alder Lake require a wind tunnel class cooler? I don't know. I, mean, I. I, I will be interested to see what the narrative will be on power. Like, again, like when I look at like sort of my Rocket Lake coverage, because no doubt Rocket Lake was impressive. It looked like a Saturn V taking off. In like 1968 or something, right? It's it was just like it's it was like man, it's just like it's just climbing. It's like, <laughs> and it was slower than a 5900X yeah. easily, right? So that was just that was that was terrible. But then I also realized that that was a narrative that everybody gave to Rocket Lake it was like this chip is a, a gas guzzler, horrible performing chip. It's just terrible. And I agree that yes, if you're doing uh, all core something. Like a handbrake, or you're doing an all core render. Yeah, it just, it was, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool, like in a 1968 Challenger way, like, man, you got six miles to the gallon and you're actually still slower than a, than a 2021 Corolla turbo, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was just impressive. But actually, Rocket Lake, if you actually looked at the power consumption on Rocket Lake doing normal things, gaming, actually doing Photoshop, Word, it wasn't as bad as, People painted it out to be. I don't believe they mentioned this cooling at all. Honestly, I don't think we've heard anything about it. Oh uh, so, well, I, uh, yeah. Ian says that uh, reviewer kits are including 360 AIOs. Really? 
Hmm. They all do these days, I think. But I am, uh, we'll have to see what happens, but we were just talking about Wi-Fi performance hybrid, and they were saying performance is equal at 65 watts to what used to be 250 watts. So I consider that a good sign just in the early days, at least, until we do see those independent mm-hmm. reviews. Yeah. And I sort of think like the high kind of crazy power you can consume and being slow would be Rocket Lake. So if they're under that and they're faster, then yeah, it's up to you to complain or not complain or just go, yeah, that's that's actually that I will accept that amount of power for the performance I'm getting. Rocket Lake clearly was not. I mean, the transition from a sort of a uh, traditional architecture to this performance hybrid. I mean, we probably will see some sort of a step function in terms of cooling. I would imagine that'll be the sort of the new bar for everything going forward. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, we do have a question. Uh, two, uh, two Euro Super Chat, I think it's what it is. Thank you so much from uh, Magnum Skywolf. It says, uh, is launch day embargoes common for CPUs? For review embargoes? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it's very common. I think most of the CPUs in the last 20 years have had, you've had, uh, sure. you've had I, reviews embargoes. I suspect he's asking... If it's common for it to be the day of the when you can launch. buy them, yeah, oh, because Gamers yeah. Nexus made a big deal. Steve Mate was talking about how it thinks that it's timed for the launch time and not like the day before, as you will often see, like with graphics cards and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that it gets into the whole like it's almost like our movie reviewer, right? When you have the reviews coming out the day of the mm-hmm. the first, I mean, then you start to get a little suspicious. When, mm-hmm. But uh, I wouldn't read that much into it in this case i don't know well you could there's only two ways to read it which is one we have our our mouths have written checks (laughs) our cpus cannot cash (laughs) so we are going to launch it with all the hoopla no reviewers can talk about it and wait till later right Mm because that's that's one interpretation i'm sure there's people on the internet are saying they are trying to hide stuff the other one is we want to elongate the good news cycle well, we're talking about what's October 28th right now. I mean, they need to get this part in the market, uh, quite frankly, because, I mean, you know, <laughs> we've had launches previously. I mean, we had launches earlier. We had I remember doing these things in like August, you know, uh, uh, Skylake, I want to say uh, I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've uh, you get out into, you know, that late October time frame and just all of a sudden it's just like ah, you only have a certain window to buy this stuff for the holidays. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure everyone's encouraging them to get this stuff out as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, that's true. It is very late for a CPU launch. But I, you know, again, I think it's world events and who knows, who knows what was, was holding it up. But yeah, I think it's okay. I'm we, not personally worried by it. Either by way, that it's time for the same day. Either right. way, we'll find out. Yeah. Right. We will exactly. find out. And, and I think it's the, the people who are, are saying it's a bummer because they might be interested in pre ordering. But now, if they can't know until the day it drops, then they've missed the pre order window or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, we got the numbers right now, so if people want to pre-order, they can. I mean, but you know, obviously, you always want to wait for reviews. That's uh, a safe bet. I, I, yeah, disagree. Gordon always yells at me. I'm a firm, never pre-order kind of guy. Usually, but it's true. especially in the case of something like this. This is a whole new architecture. There's going to be all kinds of things like needs to get poked and prodded. Even if you're the kind of person who normally pre-orders, like when it's a whole new radical new technology, that's especially the time to be cautious about putting your money down. I'm totally with you, Brad. Because I was going to pre-order my two thirty eighties, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait for the reviews. I'm not going to pre-order my thirty eighties now. <laughs> I sure am glad because you know that is going to really pay off. Because I'm going to be really safe. 
What what really stinks is all the people who sold off their 1080 Ti's before. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, you everybody has a, a certain risk factor. Same thing with Ryzen. Same thing. They said mm-hmm. the same thing with Ryzen 5000. Right. They said wait for reviews. Don't order it. Going off just the AMD claims. Well, you know what? Those people like that they walked out of that micro center with that 5950X in the day one, they had it months before other people could actually buy the things. The one question I would have liked to have asked, and I'm not sure if it was asked because I haven't seen a response to it, but with the Intel innovation as well as this launch itself, is I would really like to know, since we're talking about supply, and supply is such a critical situation right now, I would like to know how many... Um, uh, how many wafers or how many chips they've allocated for Alchemist for Al- for their for their for their Arc product? Because I mean that's coming out early next year. Um, you know if we're talking about GPUs being so difficult to find, I would love to know if they have just a anticipate getting a small sliver of the market. So their their initial uh, Alchemist launch is going to be fairly slim, or if they're really saying, hey, look, we can just roll this stuff out on mass and you're if you want an alchemist chip you'll have an alchemist chip i would have loved to have had something along those lines coming out of that the recent news from intel and unfortunately we haven't so hopefully we'll you know see some more information about that going forward but yeah i mean i, I kind of want to know the gpu set of things as well yeah they did do a demo right so they showed more of the ai upscaling yeah, that's that's I looking know. pretty good yeah. looking really good right uh, 32 EUs, I think is that's, but that's right. already, that was already out there. Availability is going to be a critical element, though. I mean, just having yeah. a part in the market will be just. Will that's. Matter. I mean, ultimately, I mean, they're not. Remember, Alchemist is made by TSMC. I know, I know, and I would not. You know, that's the thing. I mean, Pat would be like the person to have asked to, to know. It's like, oh yeah, we've we've. We paid them five billion dollars. We're going to get <laughs> thousands and millions of wafers, but you know, we don't know. So. Uh, I, I got some good questions uh, here. We, we one just came in from a friend of the show, Flash Photo, said, uh, "Is the IGP the same architecture as the upcoming Intel Arc GPUs?" Uh, yeah, I forget. It's it is seventy seven hundred. Right? Yeah, um, it's UHD because they don't put the amount of EUs because right. it's desktop part. Why waste it? Frankly, right. why waste die space? Um, but I believe it is. I think that was sort of their rejiggering of all of it. Yes, right. It's yes. That's my. I, I believe so. Yeah. I'd have to go. I would honestly, think. I would think honestly, it would be the Z course. Yeah. I'd have to go back and check my notes, but I believe so. Uh, also, earlier, uh, Ian had a, a question for you. Mark said, uh, uh, "Will the Core i3 use the mobile silicon, the desktop silicon, the new silicon, or will it be a Rocket Lake refresh?" Oh, that yeah. would be interesting. Hmm. Um, I would assume it would use the the new silicon. It would just probably be a different mix of performance and e cores. I would imagine, right? So, you know, you could go ahead and I mean, we have a lot of. I mean, the the thing is with the ratios, performance, p cores, and e cores, you have a lot of wiggle room to sort of play around with it. I mean, you could go two p cores, I don't know, four e cores. Uh, you could go a lot of different different ways. I mean, that's a nice thing about the flexibility of the of the architecture is that you can roll it and uh, you can you have different knobs to tweak. You have core clock speeds, you have base clocks. Sorry, uh, turbo clock speeds, base clock speeds, different performance core numbers, efficiency core numbers. Eventually, you'll have you know, I imagine you'll have generations, of course, for each of these. So you can go ahead and go that that route as well. Um, um, I would assume that the like the only thing I would assume that we're not going to have like a you know like a penny gold version of Alder Lake quite yet. I would assume that's going to be still yeah, that's the older later. architecture. But yeah, um, I'm going to be curious to see if uh, they've already talked about or even if it might have been an accident. All P core versions. I'm curious if there if it's possible to have an all E core version if the architecture supports that or not because. That could be a core i three. That could be a core i three. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I can answer that or not. I think 
Don't don't then. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know that. So yeah, I do have a question though on the on the Rocket Lake Park. This is a good point. Intel has a, a crap load of fourteen nanometer capacity. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. What do you do with all that things? And the thing is, I think what is a really good point. Ian is asking here. By the way, Doctor Ian Cutcher is Tech Tech Potato. Go check out his channel. Good stuff. Um, if you really want to learn something, um, <laughs> but I three people and those are the cheap seats. Like you know what you want the you want you want first class service you got to pay for it. Right. I, I can see very much, and I got I got bit by this too recently in a video I did. But I, you know, AMD reused cores and they just renamed them five thousand right. the on the cheap seats, right? Mm-hmm. Lower end. Um, I could see them doing that, and it's just because you don't really care. I mean, you're you got the stupid ninety percent of people using laptops. They're not sitting there using DaVinci Resolve all day. Yeah, as right, much as exactly. People want yeah, people to believe that, right. But. Yeah, the, but the, you're right about the fourteen nanometer capacity. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. God, what do you do with it? Because I would just think like you would just want to. Well, I mean, cause a lot of Chromebooks, a lot of Chromebook mouths of feed. Get forklifts and move it over to the founder business. I don't know. I don't think I'm not sure if anyone would want <laughs> but the, that. But, but don't you, if you're Intel, don't you want to like, man, we got this. I we got Qualcomm coming, and I want to put the hammer down on Qualcomm. Mm, Whatever, yeah. we got these parts. Sell them, and 14 nanometer part. As much of as a dog it is on a desktop, and even the mobile versus the modern stuff. Snapdragon is like can't still can't hold a handle to it in right. in, in in Chrome OS, but you can use fourteen nanometer for stuff. I mean, you know, chipsets. Obviously, you can use it for IoT. Yeah. I suppose. Well, I don't know, but there is options. I suppose. Yeah, I, th- I think it would still be fine for Core i threes. Like that question insinuated. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable. But it would just be cool to go to war with them. You know, like everybody in the on the lower end. Anybody, anybody, any arm parts trying to encroach in on these things. Blow the things out, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian is uh, uh, <laughs> guessing that the dial in. <laughs> that the I know right <laughs> that the uh, Pentium Gold is eight E cores only. That'd be funny. <clears throat> Eventually, it just feels like, but you know, I mean, it, we see this across. No one's putting money into the cheap seats, right? Because no. you are you are an economy on Southwest because you're an economy on Southwest. <laughs> you, you know, I, and there's like we don't really care about you. You know, if you would pay us more, we would care. So well, I just can see like we just reuse everything we have. Right? Why even bother to use your e course? Well, Chromebooks are getting a lot, a lot more love though. I mean, we're getting. I mean, there's a lot. There's a fair number of vendors that have those i core based. You know, sort of premium Chromebooks, which I don't quite understand the reason for but and yeah. then there's the the lower like okay we're gonna st- find it in a back shelf on amazon you can have it for 200 bucks <laughs> yeah but you know those are traditionally those those the that you know adam n class Pentium, right Solarons. yes exactly yeah, those, those are, are the ones mm-hmm. those are some dogs they're for chrome os they're actually they're yep. usable yeah but if you use like a core class chromebook next to a, it is a, it's a yeah, absolutely oh God, measurable it's, it's a huge difference mm-hmm. and then but I just kind of think, well, the threat on Chrome is is people doing ARM, right? You know, Google really doesn't care what's in the thing. They just want to. Yeah, that's right. right. And right. all the OEMs, they don't care. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would just think it would be kind of a good place to repurpose those kind of lower end parts. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Especially as we head to the holiday season. I mean, we're going to see, we're, God, we're going to see probably eighth gen deals these this holiday season anyways. I mean, they're just going to be like, okay, what do we got in the back room? Let's shove it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want it? You got it. Yeah. No, that's true, right? Yep. Uh, we we have a couple other good questions. Uh, Pillacoon, a friend of the show, says, I'm still a bit confused why we need Big Little on the desktop or hybrid. 
I I think the argument would be made at this point, as I can understand, is like, look, <clears throat> if we put 16, 16 P cores into this thing, the you would you it would it would you would be probably beyond the power and thermals of a of a mainstream socket. Yeah, you could put this in some big ass you know uh, Core X or or Ryzen's class motherboard that costs eight hundred dollars, but it it's like a, it's it's a really good balance of like let's we want to be able to one give you really good lightly threaded performance because we have our new nine percent nineteen percent IPC over our older things, mm-hmm. but we know all you people in the press are pains in the asses and running all your Cinebenches and always saying oh my god look at all this Cinebench and and you know so now you basically take these mini mini like esque parts you you throw them in there. Now you sort of get the best of both worlds. You get that very, very high core density, and you also get you know very, very fast single-thread performance, I think is probably the way they would say that. And also, this actually kind of helped explain it. Roger said this recently in one of his presentations, and it was like, look, I know you people think we're insane to put Atom in this, <laughs> and you think hybrid, you think, well, this is what you put in your stupid phone, right? This is like underpowered. It's like, no, this is not... This is not a Nissan Leaf that somebody is annoying you at drying 27 miles an hour and 35 mile an hour zone in front of you. This is a high performance hybrid, right? A Tesla through the power of, you know, electricity will whoop like 99% of any, any combustion ICE engine, right? Because you have that infinite torque and you it's sort of like think of this as basically a high performance hybrid. Not as a Nissan Leaf annoying you. Sorry, Nissan Leaf owners. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, it benefits the consumer because I mean, you could have a a high performance processor, and you could have it sort of just yeah. You know, Intel used to do this. I mean, they called it Huggy. Hurry up and get idle. I mean, you would you would take a task and you would dedicate that entire core to it and just finish it up, and then you would just drop down to a low power mode. But that's power i mean what intel's trying to do i think with 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 this is is kind of ta- design a chip uh, that's appropriate for performance as well um you know if you have a high performance chip and it f- completes the task and then goes idle you still have that high performance chip sitting in front of you it costs money to make and to and to buy um if you can go ahead and devote uh, a more appropriate core towards that appropriate task, it benefits everybody. It benefits Intel and it benefits the consumer as well. Um, you know, in some sense, that's why we had, well, I'm not sure this is the best example, but I'll just continue anyways. I mean, you know, you know, an ASIC, for example, is, is a good example. It's an application-specific IC. You take a chip, you design it to a specific task, and it's usually a little bit cheaper um, and a little bit smaller a little bit less expensive to manufacture than a general purpose computer or general purpose CPU. But, you know, um, it, there's there's money attached to that design cycle and so forth, but it is more efficient from that regard. So I think what Intel is trying to do is just to simply say, hey, look, there are foreground tasks and background tasks, and we're trying to develop a processor that can ha- or a processor that can be applied to both. Um, and, you know, they're going to tweak it too i mean this is their first i mean this is the first we really we haven't we've seen arm do this with their big little as you as, as you mentioned uh intel sort of adapting this to the core side of things um you know uh, but you know you've seen arm not just arm has evolved now into essentially three cores i mean it's not just big little anymore it's performance core and uh the middle one which i've forgotten the name of it i want to say just 
power, I don't know, hyper, middle core. And then they have their, their, their little cores, their efficiency cores. So, I mean, they, they, they've gone to essentially a three-core model, and we could see that happening with Intel as well. I mean, it's just, it just might be, I don't know enough about processor design to know if this is the evolution of the processor, but it sort of feels like this is the direction that people are going. Yeah, and- For what it's worth, however, I believe it was in the 5th Anniversary Ryzen interview that Robert Halleck and other people had from AMD, uh, they said that they're going to keep sticking with big core design. So we'll get to see the actual tangible differences within yeah, the duration. Yeah, that's good. Too. Different schools of thought. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, frankly, that and, and the, the best thing about having you know Zen 4, Alder Lake, whatever Apple's doing, M2, is you you pick what works for you right that's that's all it comes down to so mm-hmm. it and i think i love ryzen 16 core ryzen because it was just like that was insane to give people 16 cores i love the idea of 16 cores do i need 16 cores does anything i do every day 99 percent of the time need 16 cores you got to decide based on what i do hell no for right. somebody else maybe adam yeah so you you pick and I think maybe it's sort of the best of both worlds. You know, we realize vast majority of consumers are not sitting there, you know, doing 3D modeling all day. Yeah, so. that's right. Mm-hmm. AMD has smart people, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> they're <laughs> making their decisions based upon their own justifications. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it's going to... It's the funny thing is next year will be more exciting than this year. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a, uh, a question from Z5, uh, Z530. Maybe that's how you say it. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, should I hold on to my DDR4 system for a year or two before uh, DDR5 stabilizes, or should I go with DDR5 now? What would you do, Corn? Uh, it depends on um, what you use it for and how much you have to, um, what do they call it? Uh, backwards bragging or something? Mm-hmm. Is this when you brag about yourself or something? When you go, when you're talking to your friends, like yeah, man, I took it. That's three hundred dollars for thirty. Humble gigs. brag, humble, humble brag. Oh, that DDR five is so expensive. Then yes, it's worth it if you're going to humble brag about it as a practical purpose. Probably not. It it it, it rarely ever pays to be on the bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how much you want to be on the bleeding edge. Also, too, is the whole Franken PC thing. I mean, if your DDR four works, I mean, you don't want to spend an extra money for it. You know, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's you're talking about because DDR5 there's only one CPU for it now, so you're talking about building a whole new CPU with Alder Lake and DDR5 Zen 4 next year with with DDR5. So I it just depends on what you're using it for. I mean, it's not like you can go buy DDR5 to put in your system now. You need a new CPU and motherboard. So nice. Nope. Speaking of memory. Yeah, do we want to just uh, speaking of memory? I have I have this great memory of me reading uh, or talking about a vast one oh. that, that I just remembered. That we should talk about a vast. We should talk about security. We should talk about keeping your system safe. Whether you're rocking an old twenty uh, five hundred K system or maybe uh, thinking about upgrading to one of these new twelfth gen parts, uh, you know, you, you need security, right, Gordon? Right? You Definitely. Should, you sure. should keep, it's, it is job one. You should keep yourself secure. Not go to any of those nasty websites, but also just in case you do go to those websites, maybe, uh, you know, get a vast one. The, the free version has antivirus, VPN for w- when you need to be on public Wi-Fi, uh, free firewall protection, all that fun kind of stuff. Uh, but the premium version also has uh, more advanced protection. You can learn more uh, about Avast One at avast.com. Uh, you know, go check it out. You should keep yourself safe. 
you should keep yourself secure. Uh, you should also maybe implement these new XMP 3.0 uh, profiles if, if you have access to it. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah. No, that, that was actually kind of one of the cooler um, things people did not pay attention to that mm-hmm. came out of this is XMP 3. Um, of course, XMP has been out for, what, since 2007-ish? Yeah. Um, and for people who don't know, XMP is basically extreme memory performance although i guess they couldn't call it emp that would probably wouldn't that probably That's wouldn't bad. work right no. <laughs> what's cool about this one is they've added more profiles so there's uh, three vendor profiles that are available for xmp so t- t- today if you buy ddr4 module there's i guess there's two xmp uh, mm-hmm. profiles available and this is the trickiest part though there's two rewritable profiles so if you buy, they actually had a screenshot of, I didn't include it, but they had a screenshot of a Corsair memory utility. You can say like, hey, here's Gordon's you know profile for gaming or here's Gordon's profile for content creation. You can, you can sort of tune it for what works best, write that profile directly to the module and it'll stay on there, which is, which is pretty neat. Uh, well, let's just do slide three. Adam. Okay. Well, XMP3. okay. Give me a second. Uh, so, so it's XMP3 is a slide. It basically shows for audio listeners, shows off XMP 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. And the features, you know, obviously you're getting you're getting three profiles instead of two of the other ones, and you're getting two rewritables. And also they're doing a checksum to make sure you're just, you're just not screwing up the module or something, right? And then also there's just more space. Um, and all these are are tunings for the individual memory modules that are stored on an, a, a chip on on the DIM called an SPD, mm-hmm. Serial Presence Detect. Basically, you boot up your board. It goes, looks at those settings for all the memory subtimings, the clocks, all that stuff, sets it. And then now it could say, you know, you know, Gordon's content creation, you can pick it. So I, Looking at the slide, like, don't get me wrong, I love all of this. These are, um, these are great improvements. I love it. It amuses me that that slide says continued commitment to XMP innovation because really it came out in 2007 and nothing has happened since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I wrote this story about the X- XMP and I just I just I just had forgotten all the memory wars that had occurred. And the thing is you're not even talking about memory wars like actual physical RAM DRAM. I'm talking about the physical profile memories because Nvidia got into this first with Corsair with EPP you know, they were pushing it when NVIDIA was making Intel chipsets for Intel CPUs and AMD CPUs. And they sort of like, hey, we we can get more performance if we sort of do per- tune performance with Corsair. They called theirs SLI memory. God, I wish I kept those. I'm such a <laughs> dummy. I throw away history. And then, of course, AMD got on board with AMP because they had to have something, too, because, you know, the world is, you know, they need to stuff tuned for themselves. In the end, NVIDIA loss amd is still there with amp sort of but they have or for the most part have adopted it but xmp is is rules world and sort of the the politics of it sometimes can mean like everybody makes memory for intel cpus with xmp so performance is best for intel and you've seen this on some laptops where people go like oh the subtimings are terrible for this ryzen laptop well because it's really hard to get so dims probably with amd Profiles because mm-hmm. everybody makes everybody tunes for Intel, so it's just kind of a funny thing. Where was it intentionally to you know run the world, or I, I don't know, but it's cool stuff. But actually, even cooler yes. though is slide four. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> oh, okay. 
which is XMP4 for the slide atom. This is Intel Dynamic Memory Boost technology. This is neat. This is kind of why I think like, hey, let's 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 widen the profiles here. This is neat because you can basically run uh, your default memory clocks, and then the system will automatically ramp up to one or you know, or maybe many of the XMP profiles available. So maybe you don't need that higher clock, or maybe you know, you, you can just. It can just stay at the standard clock. Yeah, previously it was manual toggling, I believe. It was just, you know, you had to set it uh, set in the BIOS, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you could. Yeah. You know, there was real-time, a couple generations ago, they actually had added the ability to change frequency in real-time. Right, you could toggle it, right. But it right. wasn't really fully baked, it felt like. And this looks like, this is like now the memory controller does it on its own. Yeah, it just does it on its own in the background. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it adjusts the frequency for a CPU or anything of that sort. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it'll make perfect. it really interesting because you might, you know, again, you might in gaming. Maybe you you don't. You may need the memory bandwidth, say for encoding Premiere or something. So you need all that bandwidth. Crank the clocks up. I'm gaming. I want low latency. Let's crank the clocks back. Mm-hmm. So that that's yep. actually a pretty cool feature. Yeah. Uh, Ian clarifies that dynamic memory boost still needs to be manually enabled in the BIOS. But it weren't. It works once it's right, on. Once though, right. On, yeah. Once yeah. it's on, it does it on that. But it actually right. does something now. It sounds yes. like. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think is. And I don't think it's. Is it? I think that's like a TBD kind of feature too, right? Um. I don't know. <clears throat> but it, anyway, cool yeah, stuff. It's capability. And it's it's neat because you know you you get this with DDR5 because you're getting the expanded profiles. We'll have to see how it plays out in the long run. But I like it though. It's good. It's good to see them doing stuff there. I yeah, like it, it is. a lot. Yeah. It makes it a little bit tougher to test, does it? Or not? I guess you just go ahead and turn it on, and leave it on. Anyway, that's realistic. More, one more damn variable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's one of those things where somebody will. Yeah. You need to tune. tune yeah. Set your timing. Sub timings. Oh. It'll be a YouTube channel. It tests it on and off. Yeah. Oh yeah. I <laughs> will wait for uh, testing from Ian or Steve or something. There you go. Uh, we do have a question. I, well, you know, I'll hold, I'll hold this one later. Never mind. Cool. And anything else for XMP? No, I mean it's it's a neat feature. Uh, again, I do want to point out the interesting way that dynamics played out over the last fifteen years. But it, this XMP three, I, I welcome our new XMP three overlords. <laughs> uh, before we move on to uh, the the fun segment, people are waiting for really. Uh, oh yeah, uh, number one full nerd fan, uh, VC Jester. Thank you so much. Gave us a twenty dollars super chat. Said wow. to buy Adam a pirate hat and an eye patch for his vest uh, sponsorship spiel. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, we'll do, do we this gonna, a couple more times. Are we gonna? Do we take Ethereum? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> no, no. But actually, yeah. in Discord uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, TFN NFTs, Ooh. full nerd NFTs. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Absolutely, that. yeah, that's right. See, we, we we knew it was coming, so we we titled the. Uh, <laughs> this this podcast TFN nice. so that we could call it nice. NFT yeah. NFTs I'm I'm still it's one of those things where you feel increasingly old because it's one of the things like I don't really even care to know what that is because that has no appeal it's I can like, take a picture of you and it's a JPEG and then I can transfer it into an NFT and you can make millions off it it's like when my son or daughter mentions some um, song from somebody it's like who <laughs> what well you know what I, I could I could take a picture of the new MacBook Pro that uh that Macworld reviewed and uh and sell that picture absolutely you know or the rights to that picture sure. i guess I, I don't know who knows yep. uh gordon so the reviews for the macbook pro are out you did not review it correct no i didn't no. but uh we we had roman who's who's kind of been on the show before uh he he reviewed the uh the m1 pro not the max 
version. Uh, I, I don't know the full details of the review, but uh, his review, everybody else's reviews out there, what, what's what's the sentiment? Should should we even just wrap it up? It's done. The PC's done. Is, is, that, what, is that what it is? You know, I actually would say looking around it you know where the m1 when the m1 came out it was very much it was the end of all other things that exist in the universe it's it's like the thanos club or something i feels like a lot of the reviews were a little more uh nuanced with this one right what i well i mean like definitely um it is i mean it's amazing right because you're getting more cores and what the cpu side was whatever the hell the compute side is what you expected the graphics cores, it you know, amazing for what it is, but mm-hmm. it felt like it was really hard for people to sort of like contextualize it in a way that applies to the PC. The ones that only care about you know using it to to dunk on somebody else, you know, like <laughs> Mac World, all the Roman stuff is comparing it to previous Macs, which it crushes, right? No exactly. surprise, well, of course. And of course, it should. So it's it's a great part for people on Mac Island. So I think that. That it is it's everything ever expected it's 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 a good part for what it is but what i'm not what i didn't feel like i saw was the slam dunking of people going around on tw- on twitter like they did before the launch with all their chest thumping i didn't see that chest thumping quite as much afterwards because it's like, like like i mean i and i think it's totally not the right thing to apply mm-hmm. people are like in actual gaming this thing is slower than a 3060 well i mean the performance of push or the, the performance boost comes from just adding more cores i mean we've seen this before in the pc space i mean you know amd's made a, a business out of it for the last couple of years uh and there's nothing wrong with it it's just the fact that uh you know if you were hoping for an ipc improvement from generation to generation we just didn't we just haven't seen it yet not with this anyways you know there's obviously yeah. something waiting in the wings for that that was the interesting part to me the fact that there was no ipc increase like single thread m1 m1 pro were the exact same the other thing that was interesting to me is, like, if you look at, I forget what he ran, Geekbench, Cinebench, like, there are pretty substantial multi-thread performance increases, which is great. Yeah, there are. Uh, I, I'm just confused by how that works out, because the chip that he tested has 10 cores in the M1 Pro. The original M1 had eight. So just adding two more cores, the big leap shouldn't be as big as it is well, when there's an IPC improvement. So I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, because it was, well, the mm-hmm. thing is, the original was 4.4, so... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. you're getting four four, yep. and with this one, it's like eight two. Yeah. So yep. it's it's doubling the amount of yeah, P cores to use Intel terminology, and you get two E cores as well to run all the background stuff. So it was you know it was everything you expected. Cool stuff, and it's a GPU side that I think it's you know it, it's it is it's a good. I mean the thing is it's exactly what I I again I have no problems going back to what I said. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I was wrong, but. If you're going to use it for Final Cut and you're going to use oh, yeah. it in a task that is that is optimized in mm-hmm. Premiere, it's going to be a monster. It's going to be great. Yep. Good stuff. You mm-hmm. use it for gaming, it's going to suck. Oh, but uh, who cares? It's a Mac. You're yeah, not playing right. games on a Mac. Yeah. It's just sort of like... I mean, the optimizations between the, the, the software and the hardware have always been traditionally an Apple innovation. So, you know, good for them. Nothing wrong with that. I just, but it, the thing about the M1 Max and Pro, again, just sort of like... It's just sort of like... Adobe is is the this, the application that makes everybody. If you don't have Adobe, you don't exist. Right, right. It's like what, and I was just saying earlier, like it's like when when Bill Gates showed up on Apple's event on the on the theater 
to say, hey, we're going to do Office on the Mac. Because without Office, you would be gone. I would put you in the dust pile with the Amiga and Artari ST, and people would bust you out in the museum in 20 years, sucker. But, I mean, Office was that in 1984. Yeah, that's right. Microsoft supported them. They made a good business from it. And now, basically, Adobe's in the same place. Mm Because Adobe is like, you ain't got Adobe, you ain't got nothing. Right. So Yes. And if Microsoft had some sort of high-performance version of Office, but an application within Office, like their own photo editor or movie editor, if they, you know, they're just, they're light years behind Adobe. But I mean, if they went that route, then we might see some, you know, we might see, I don't know, we might see a difference of of a, a difference of emphasis, I suppose, with Microsoft taking more of an active role in that development as well. Because you're right, Adobe is the app that's pushing the limits at this point. Yeah, and I think... uh, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just saying, it it comes down to the optimization. Now it's like, I don't even know if Adobe does anything anymore, or do they just call up Intel, NVIDIA, or or Apple, or AMD to some extent, but AMD does not have... They just call them up and say, hey, we need a new feature... We need you to do all the money, the heavy lifting on this, right? And we are going to build it into our application. We charge everybody 50 bucks or 60 bucks a month for, and Apple and Intel and NVIDIA are like, well, it's, when do you need it? How high do you want me to jump? It's, it's definitely fair to say, though, that the AI capabilities of these processors, the Adobe with their, you know, with whatever you want to call it, magic wand or whatever it might be, they're, they certainly are taking advantage of it in a very public way, which is, oh, yeah. which is good. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's useful because nobody really else is. I mean, I don't really see, I, I guess we've talked about AI from a gaming perspective, but it's not there yet. It's not there. No, yet. Not really. No. But it really is amazing stuff. There is this like aging feature that is built into Photoshop. It, it's basically the blog that announced it. It's like, hey, thanks for doing this, NVIDIA, right? <laughs> we work with NVIDIA on this. Like, NVIDIA did this. But it's a really cool feature because you can make people look older and there's just neat stuff. You can you can make them smile. And it's it's all server-centric, though. It's not client-centric, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you can see that eventually going dur- down into your, yeah, your laptop or desktop. Sure. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of the graphics stuff, though, Roman didn't test Photoshop, but he tested a whole bunch of other graphics stuff. The gaming, not just Roman's review, but other reviews I saw around the thing, people are like, wow, this is not as good as I thought as it would be in gaming because Macs aren't really for gaming. But if you look at all the other stuff that he tested, like base mark, he did Blender benchmark, he did mm-hmm. Corona benchmark, it's all yep. like 140 to 185% faster than the M1, which is a huge, huge step up if you are a content creator on Macs. And this is only the Pro with 16-core GPU. The M1 Max has up to 32 cores, so... This GPU looks like no joke for content creators. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be... It feels like it's going to be the ultimate Mac OS-based content creation mm-hmm. laptop. It's yep. going to be great. Did, did he Apple talk about power? You know, because that was one of their claims is like, hey, we're either maybe faster, maybe a little slower than top Windows laptops, but power consumption is 80% less or something. Did he... No, we don't know. I don't, I don't know if he got into that, mm-hmm. but... No. I to me it's just like whatever. Like I I'm so sort of over the whole like people wanting to shout each other over the wall because it's just like you are if you're in the Mac OS ecosystem you are trapped on Mac Island now and that's exactly what you want because you want everything from Apple. That's fine, more power to you, but they're so different now at this point. You you know, you're not going to play games on your Mac except that. So that's just it's just you buy the right tool for yourself. So why why bother to get hot about it? But people still do. So, but I it was it is interesting because it's like 
That even the max part that I've seen some of the benchmarks out there, they're like, yeah, it's maybe 30, 60 in actual. Of course, you know, you're looking at an, an emulated game because you're not running it. Yeah, right. But still, it's 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 not people saying, oh, my God, it's 3080. I don't know. And some I've seen some can get up to maybe 3070 class. Usually more around 3060 is the ones I've seen with the M1 Max. Yeah. And, you know, that's... I'm gonna I'm gonna pair which is great. I'm I'm gonna paraphrase Jensen, but you know what? If I turn on ray tracing, hardware ray tracing, I crush it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not. There's just so many things, and there's and there's actually you know GPU based rendering using ray tracing. I can tell you it'll crush a max, but it's again if you're not using the application, who cares? Right. So just you know it's. I, I think you know I, I will say. It's just people are beforehand all those tweets saying, "Oh my God, it's over for you." Nvidia's done, Intel's done. People literally said that. I don't hear none of that chatter now, right? Yeah, it's real interesting because it really is a really good and really interesting part. These are really good chips that Apple is making, but it almost felt like their marketing talked too big for this event because that's what everyone was saying. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, "Dang, that's a good part," but. I feel kind of let down looking at them, and not bit. just because I'm a PC guy, but because it felt like it was going to be like this huge revelation. Well, the and leaks, the, really- the leaks, and the pre-reporting certainly imply that the uh, the Max or whatever you want to call it, the the the, the big version, which just uh, was going to have, you know, I, in my mind, I read that as IPC improvements, like it was going to be a generational improvement as well as potentially bigger, <clears throat> and we just haven't seen that quite yet. So, I mean, there's nothing. Nothing wrong with that. It just means that <laughs> Apple's a little bit more. Uh, I think that my expectations now are a little bit more down to earth and in line with what I can expect from other process manufacturers. Okay, you know, we we have there are going to be architectural improvements, but we have you know the core tweaks that we can make as well, and that might be the easy way to go forward. So here I have a long term question though, because again, I think it's an awesome part. You know, no disrespecting it. It's if you are a Mac person buy this laptop but i do wonder what happens now because uh, mark specifically to you i mean you now have your mac users they are they cannot leave mac island Mm -mm. right no they can't just go screw you i'm gonna boot over to windows right they're not (laughs) gonna do that anymore that's that's over what are they gonna do as as now are they still gonna be is apple still gonna have the incentive to just bust their ass to compete with Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA now? Or do they like, like, you know, because really, it's always about beating Samsung, right? Right. That's always because it's all about iPhone. It's about Samsung. And the Mac is very much tied to the future of the iPhone. So they sort of they get the they get the magic of the the in, in amazing innovations they do on the iPhone. Oh, I, I, you know, I I certainly think that Apple certainly has to push the the envelope and and keep the pedal to the metal in, in terms of you know in terms of innovation in terms of developing more uh, new hardware. I mean, you you look at what you pointed out with that you know the the Mac Island and yes, there is a moat or a channel uh, which is you know not going with to, alligators. Yeah, with alligators with exactly. lasers. With on lens, yes, exactly. And those those Mac users are going to be less inclined to to swim that channel than they have been in the past but you know the fact of the matter is is that people you know designers will go back and forth maybe not institutional uh ad agencies or so forth but there will be at least independent developers and those independent developers are going to have a little bit more of a 
of an uh, of, of a neutral uh, approach to it. And if I think that you know, if they see that there is a compelling reason to go to uh, a Windows platform or um, some sort of NVIDIA uh, remote rendering platform or something of that sort. I mean, I think that certainly those people will jump ship. Um, but yes, I mean, there's obviously one of the uh, uh, things that manufacturers of all stripes aspire to do is lock customers in with different methods. Um, it's just that the... And so there are handcuffs on Apple users, just they aren't as... You know, they're, they're not that solid i guess is is what it is so yes i mean i i certainly think that uh if 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 intel uh or amd um or nvidia and arm for example um were managed to uh come up with a compelling reason to to leave the apple ecosystem that they that certainly people would i in my mind what i am am honestly looking forward to is getting that nvidia arm deal done and seeing the fruits of that development because you know yes Apple has uh, a license where they can go ahead and, you know, it's different from Qualcomm where they can go ahead and develop their own chips and not just tweak what the reference designs are. But, you know, I am, I'm very interested to see what, what ARM and NVIDIA can put together. Um, and I, and in my mind, the, the, in, in my mind that the race isn't really fully run until we see that company enter the field. Um, yeah. That really makes things up. Yes. Yeah. If, if NVIDIA pulls off the, the coup of the of the century in buying right. arm yeah and, and that like that just that reshuffles the entire deck yeah you know I mean, apple's gonna run for the they're gonna run for the exit everybody will run for the exit i, mean, I don't care what anybody says i can't remember the, the the time frame is i mean it's a, it's gonna be a long involved process because that's that's a sea change in the way that things are done because we're talking about some real uh top end of i mean we're, we're nvidia is obviously competing for the high end of the, of the gpu market arm is is now considered to be among the top processor vendors in the world i mean yes i mean that really to me is yeah just just the thing to watch out for i i I just i guess what i'm afraid of is 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 that the mac user things look really wonderful now in 36 months i'm not convinced (laughs) that it will look that way in six years i'm not convinced because apple has no incentive to compete with intel amd and nvidia Mm. because what do they care like did, you're you buy Mac? What were you going to run Mac OS over there? No, yeah, you're I not. Just, so I just well, yeah, I, I yeah, we had this conversation a bit last week. Uh, so I'm not going to rehash my points, but I think Apple has always kept the pedal to the metal throughout the whole time. It's sure. been making its own chips for the iPhone, and I think there is incentive to keep up with those guys because, like Mark was saying, if if they let the foot off the pedal that much, you saw what happened with the Mac Pro. Adam himself switched from Apple to Windows because Apple jumped the ball there. Like creators. Yes, if you're locked into Mac Island, like you are just kind of locked there for a bit, but there reaches a point when you're doing this for money, this is your job, like you need hardware that can keep up. And I think Apple understands that it is not going to let the foot off the gas. Yeah. I, I guess what I would point to is maybe a hundred times where they have let their foot off the gas. They're literally, <laughs> I mean, that, they they are comparing the new MacBook Pro 16 M1 Max against uh whatever macbook pro 16 with a ninth gen cpu in it right and a radeon rx 5500 <laughs> yeah apple is so lazy like they wouldn't even bother to do anything 10th gen could have just been like 10 minutes of work right and like well that takes a lot of work but you know what let me tell you dell lenovo and hp every quarter they will crank out 15 new designs refresh them with the latest stuff from 
NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel. Hmm. Well, Apple t- can't do that to one thing. <laughs> to one thing. And do you think that pattern is really going to change down the road? Or is it just going to the same old thing? It's just going to be like, yeah, we got you now. See you in 36 months. But I, I need something newer and faster. Well, not to mention, I mean, somebody... <clears throat> in my department too would be looking at at the tower stuff I, that's still the big question mark for me because the laptop's great awesome cool especially if you're in it but the the mac pro what they do with the mac pro like what are they going to do just continue to scale those same cores and do like 128 cores or something in in the in yeah. the tower i mean you know who, who knows I, mean, I, don't, so. I don't know enough about the m1 Max, but I mean, I, I mean, you just look at the platform that all their lake is offering. I mean, there's, there's the I/O capabilities are, are are really impressive. So I mean, that's the kind of thing that attracts video editors and so forth. Is you need not only to have the processing power to to make your tweaks, but you also have to import and export it quickly as well. And part of that is the uh, is Thunderbolt. Part of that's the the, the memory and the PCI five. PCI five, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Right, right. So DDR five. I mean, right. there's things that. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm. I would expect the desktop Mac to be a monster. I guess all my only problem is I'm afraid that they're going to drop a monster Mac Pro and you won't see another new one for six years, which Apple has literally done. The so other, like, mm-hmm. It's also interesting, too, because you know I look at the Thunderbolt docks, and the Thunderbolt docks right now have traditionally been for Macs. And I'm seeing like a whole bunch of negative reviews on the, the Thunderbolt docks that I'm looking at because of the interaction with M1 Max. I mean, they just don't allow for the multiple monitors that the Windows PCs do. And people are in the Mac world in the space are just like, hey, these suck. Well, it's, no, <laughs> it's, those don't suck. It's the fact that uh, um, your, 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 your platform isn't quite supporting it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that was you know, a little yeah. weird how they did yeah. Thunderbolt on that. But. Right. So, I mean, there's that as well. Hmm. <clears throat> uh well, do you want to get to some uh, questions before we get out of here? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, if you have questions, get them in, in on the chat right now, uh, just at PC World so that I can see them. If not, if you're listening or watching this afterward, get over on our Discord. We have a channel called the Full, Full Nerd Questions. You can put them in there, and we will uh, hopefully get to them on the show. Uh, the first one is uh, going backwards a little bit from friend of the show, Pedro Acura. Said, uh, do you guys know if the motherboards will support both DDR4 and 5, but only use one or the other, or will a specific motherboard be tied to one or the other? It is, as Ian said, no combo boards. You either pick your DDR4 to reuse your existing modules, or you jump in with two feet with DDR5, I believe. Yeah, the notches are different, so, I mean, can't really work around that. Yeah, and speaking of notches, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, that was a, 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 the next question I was going to ask from Bob. The notch on that MacBook is, like, ridiculous. Oh, the notch. Oh, oh no, I, I'm referring to the uh, DDR5 slots having uh, the notch even closer to the middle <laughs> than it was before. Uh, I really need to find out why. Yeah, well, and, and Boz is asking... Um, why Why did every Alder Lake unboxing video that just lifted yesterday point out that you can't put DDR4 DIMMs in a DDR5 slot or vice versa? Hasn't that always been the case? It has been, but most people don't realize right. you, yeah. you that, that you can't do that. So they will buy the wrong memory or they will just, if I push it harder, it will go in. So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably I'm going to guess, the reason people say that. And that's why we're saying it, because there really are a lot of people who don't understand that you should not push on it harder to make it fit. Not everybody is nerds. A lot of people are just, you know, hey, I want to build a computer, so I'm going to buy some memory. They say buy some memory. 
Yeah. Bought some memory. Hey, why isn't this working? It's worth saying out loud, especially because memory generations, it's been five years or whatever yeah, since DDR4 came out. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. PC gaming and PC is huge. It's a big tent. A lot of people are just starting. So you got to say it louder. Uh, next question. Uh, moving over on to uh, Discord. Um VC Jester, friend of the show, said, uh, Pat Gelsinger recently tweeted about the importance of an open ecosystem. Does this mean Intel will be tearing up their patents on things like x86 and Thunderbolt? I think Ian actually asked that question of, of Pat, and he basically the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that specifically, no. x86? Yeah. Let me think of no. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a definite no. I don't. Yeah. What was the reference to being more open, though? I don't. Well, he's. <sighs> This is a little bit more on the enterprise side of things. Um, he's, it, it, to be honest with you, um, I, I, I was, <laughs> I'll be honest, I was distracted by a couple of things in my personal life during that part, portion of the of, of, of the discussion yesterday uh, of the past couple of days. Um, but essentially, what Intel has been trying to promote is a little bit more openness with their customers in terms of how they communicate and also a little bit more i think uh in favor of uh, more open standards especially on the uh, the enterprise side of things hmm. so um you know the fact that you know intel had planned to use x86 cores in its foundry business of course opened up a whole you know basket of questions about you know what was going to be in play and so forth and i think that uh you know, Intel's not going to go ahead and uh, give away the keys of the kingdom, but um, they may go ahead and allow greater access to their IP if it benefits them, uh, both from a strategic as well as a financial standpoint. So that's the way. And I, like, that's what I would say. It. Like XESS is going to be open after it comes out. They right. They're going to open it yeah, up. Exactly. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Some of these standards, um, they don't have any, I don't, they don't really have well <sighs> I don't want to open the Thunderbolt AMD platform, Intel platform thing. So yes, you can go down that road, I suppose. Thunderbolt's but, yeah. but, you know, Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt four is essentially USB. Right. Or Thunderbolt three is well, same thing. It's basically USB four now, mm-hmm. right? So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good question. Um but yes, I don't really think that uh things are gonna change too dramatically. <laughs> no. Uh we got a $5 super chat I totally forgot to get to from uh, number one full nerd fan. Man, what a, what a fan. Keeps giving the super chats. VC Jester, thank you so much. Said, if Gordon is trying to bring 19 by 10 back, written out, I'm going to, this is my own saying. Uh, Gordon, he wrote this out as 19x10, saying, uh, he has to quit calling programs apps. Rule 476 <laughs> in the Gen X handbook. So. We yeah. used to call them programs. Now we just call them apps. I don't know why. I guess it's, I mean, yeah, everything has to be like, it annoys me when people say doc. You mean the documentary? Yeah. You know, like, I work, I'm doing a doc. What, oh, what are you right. working on Microsoft Word doc? I, <laughs> no, I'm shooting a doc. You know, like, no, I don't, I don't know what you mean. You know? Yeah. No, I, you're right. I'm a, Applications. I'm a weirdo who hates people, who hates the word apps for desktop programs. I never edit it out because it's not wrong, but whenever I do it, I always say programs or software. I don't know why. To me, apps are on phones, and it's just because I'm an old man. But I guess it's fine. <laughs> what about application? Exactly, if you just, if you're not on the brevity thing, you just application. Yeah, you have to have application support, right? Sure. Yeah, that, yeah, that works. But apps, I just, I don't. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of uh, I, I had a lot of friends in high school that used to call movies shows, 
Like, oh, I'm going to go see that new show. And I'm like, wait, what show? Are you oh, talking about right, Broadway yeah. show? Are you talking about TV show? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't know. They, movies versus it's TV like show. movies was, they, they just called them shows. Hey, did you Ooh, see boy. that new show? It was, that's, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, wrong. you can say yeah. I'm going to the cinema if you're like a film dropout, film school dropout. But <laughs> no, there's still parts of the country that call Coke, you know, generically for Pepsi or 7-Up yeah, yeah. or whatever it might be. So yeah. That's wrong. Soda. Soda. Yeah. Pop. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, my honest opinion and reviews. Well, that sounds like a channel to me. Uh, how do you think AMD's upcoming 3D Vcash CPUs will compare to Alder Lake? Also, do you expect uh, Ryzen 5000 to drop in price after launch? I would. I would. They said 50% better gaming. I would expect that to be roughly. The, I would expect that to be the high watermark. Would be my personal expectation because that's the way benchmarks normally work. Uh, I think it'll be faster. Uh, I think there will be other applications. That will also benefit from the increased, you know, cash, but it'll be faster. I don't know if it'll necessarily blow Outer Lake out of the water. We don't know what Outer Lake is actually capable of yet. So we'll have to see. Yep. Nice. Okay. Well, what about price? Do you think, uh, do you think there's a precedent to drop price for parts that are already out? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just, it depends on how well received it is by reviewers and then how, if it they if they're if they're if the performance falls where it is, it does feel like they preemptively underpriced mm. AMD because they would expect to put a pinch on AMD. Or right. if you were if you were Intel and you had a part that was as good as their top end part, and you introduce it at the price of their top end part, they would probably react with a price cut, right, to hurt you. So you don't have to chase them with another price cut. Yep. Depending on where it falls. Yeah. But AMD also, uh, like like Intel, sort of intimated that uh, they're going to be shooting for the high-end uh, stuff. So I don't know. Uh, it just does seem to feel like we're going to see more emphasis on premium stuff for this holiday and maybe just going into the first quarter than we have in the past. It is good, though, because, I mean, that was, you know, one of the one of the mistakes AMD had made in the past. They said, we're going to make ARM server parts. You know, yeah, We've right. been beat. We're going mm-hmm. to do these things. Mm-hmm. We don't care about that stuff. And right. That was a long time wandering in the woods. It was. Right? It was. So yep. The focus on high end is I yeah. think really what saved AMD. So they're they're why they're, change their that? financials are just impressive right now. I am just they are they are full steam ahead. I, really? Yeah, I haven't yeah. paid attention Profits, to profits so. cash cash available available cash. I know people don't care about that, but it was like down in the I don't know, mid hundreds of millions like five years ago. And now it's just like Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, they have it no was a real what. question before Ryzen. It's like, is AMD going to survive? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. Looking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. with you know co- the consoles plus the GPU market not going to go away. I mean, yeah. they have all the pieces. Yeah, no matter what, do. this is not AMD. AMD I don't know yeah. where it's going to, how it's going to end up, but AMD yeah. will still be here. Yeah, I can oh, absolutely. Say confidently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, ten years ago, it didn't feel like that. Yep. Yep. Speaking of, since he's actually been in the chat. uh, Tech Tech Potato, Ian Cutris, actually had a really, really awesome interview with Mike Clark from AMD, who is like the Zen chief architect. Uh, I recommend going and check it out. It's like 50 minutes or something like that. It's really in-depth. It's worth the watch. Nice. Uh, we got a couple Windows 11 questions for, uh, oh. for good thing Mark's here yeah. to help us with those. Uh, friend of the show, John Dokic, uh, is asking, is Skylake X the oldest officially supported CPU architecture for Windows 11 right now? I know KB like didn't make the cuts and one any updates on uh, 
official. You know, I would love to answer this question. I would not feel confident without actually just checking my notes. I just, I can't say off the top of my head what the oldest processor is, and I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think technically it's a Surface CPU. That's it 78. It so it was, a, it was like an i7-7820 mobile part in a Surface. A member of the Surface. The, yeah, absolutely. The wonderful screen, right? Right. That's actually the only. That's actually technically older than the Skylake X. You're talking I think. about the uh, the Surface Studio. Right. Yeah, Surface mm-hmm. Studio. I yeah. think that's the officially. That, that might be right. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, uh, a couple more here. Uh, no Cloud, friend of the show. No Cloud over on Discord asked: uh, Is Microsoft tone deaf with the Windows 11 hardware requirements? Given this PC World headline, Intel, AMD, and Nvidia agree the chip shortage isn't ending anytime soon. Um, let me just see how I'd, I'd answer that. I don't, I mean, I mean, we've gone over this before. I mean, Microsoft's premise in designing the hardware requirements for Windows 11 has simply been that they want a more secure platform. Um, and I don't really think that necessarily has too much to do with, with the chip shortages now. Um, I mean, if you're phrase, if you're phrasing your question from the standpoint of, Hey, yes, it's cutting off. Uh, multiple generations of existing PCs that might want to upgrade and therefore have to buy new hardware to replace it. Yes, that makes sense. My argument in response would be that, honestly, um, Windows 10 is, like, as, 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 as my review basically just goes into, I, I think that for right now, Windows 10 is uh, sufficient. I mean, you, there's no, there's not a hugely compelling reason to update to Windows 11 right now. And if you take that as, if you accept that particular argument, then you can say, hey, look, well, okay, then I've got until 2025 to upgrade to Windows 11, and I've got all of that time to either save up or wait for the supply chain situation to alleviate. I mean, the real concern right now, from a historical perspective, has always been that the supply chain whipsaws back and forth. We go from a period of shortage to a period of oversupply to a period of shortage and vice versa. Um Basically, people, you know, you you would imagine that 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 alleviates somewhat over time because people have become more increasingly focused upon the supply chain. But of course, COVID threw a wrinkle in a lot. So I would think that what we're hearing right now is that supply chain shortages will sort of end heading into 2022, and sort of uh, throughout the year will become. Uh, supplies will increase. And I think that honestly, with that trend in mind set against the, 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 the lack of a, a compelling reason to, to upgrade to Windows 11 right now, the problem will just essentially go away. So stick to Windows 10, you know, save your, count your pennies, put them in the piggy bank, wait for supply chain to alleviate and when, and get into 20, late 2022 and the, you'll just upgrade then. And, you know, again, we'll see things like, you know, more of these features that Microsoft promised with Windows 11 come to fruition and actually move out of the insider program into the stable program. And I think that, you know, everything will just kind of work itself out. That's, that's my take right now. I agree 100% with everything you just said. I just also want to say that, yes, I agree with the person who asked it. It is kind of a rough look considering what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. But operating systems aren't made overnight. The wheels have been moving on this for years at this point. And honestly, if you're going to introduce a new operating system where you're like, all right, we're going to have this hardware cut off. This has never happened to this degree before, but we're doing it for security reasons. 
now is the best time to do it yeah. because Windows 10 rocks and you do have four or five years mm-hmm. to, I mean, to make on your talked about this before, so, but what Microsoft should have done is signal it better. I mean, they should have yes. just two years ago, they should have just started talking about it. And they just, they, mm. they didn't really do yep. a great job there. Uh, last Microsoft related uh, question comes in from PacNW over on Discord. Uh, AM, that AMD put out the patch for preferred core. Uh, sorry, it's a worded. Uh, d- does that indicate that AMD did not provide to Microsoft the details of AMD's special sauce? Is is that what the problem was with the whole pre- preferred core with Windows 11 thing? Um, do, not, do you think sh- they didn't chat about oh, this beforehand? I, I, that would not be my guess. I mean, I would think this is. <laughs> I would think this would be an honest bug as opposed to a yeah. lack of communication. I'm yeah. sure it's just something that worked in into right. the bug. I don't. I don't imagine AMD would hide things from Microsoft. Absolutely. And no matter whose fault it is, uh, I will say the answer will be in the way it works on PC. Very similar to how it works in Apple. The the fault lies not with Microsoft. So no. yeah. uh, as uh, someone, I will apologize for my face getting in the way of your birdshot in this case. <laughs> be the best example. And that's typically what goes on. And uh, no, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't know who who was wrong, but I will tell you, it wasn't Microsoft. Right. I mean, we've just seen such a close working relationship with Microsoft and AMD with like the uh, the, the service edition processors and so forth. I mean, it's just the Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Xbox. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> those guys are tight. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy, right? Because they use this. They use the they they built a, a Surface laptop using a Ryzen part, which was not as good as clearly Ryzen four thousand or five thousand. Yeah. But there is no grand conspiracy yeah no that's right Mm -hmm. it's just probably i mean again you're developing you're developing a new operating system virtually for everybody so yeah i don't see any great conspiracy theory uh a couple more questions and we can get out of here if you have a burning question get it in now uh desu vr uh asks why aren't all the usb ports on our pcs usb-c now what's holding it back what oh legacy People like yeah. you. You know what? If you took away it, and it is really a pain because when you get a laptop without one Type A, you, you will immediately understand why yeah. that sucks. I'm because, guessing. Yep. It's, yeah, I, I don't know how many wired laptops we, or sorry, li- wired keyboards we see, or wired mice that we see with USB C at this point. I mean, there's just decades of legacy <laughs> USB keyboards with Type A ports in them, and I'm I'm assuming that's why they're there. I mean, that's that's what I would. That's what I would yeah. say there. A mouse, I mean, you know, you don't need a keyboard if you have a laptop, but you, you know, wired mouse, sure, absolutely. You know what's interesting though is it does feel like we're getting to the port, the time where like I really could use three Type Cs and one Type A. Yeah, I know. It's that mix. Mm-hmm. Do you really need seven Type As? Right. Uh, yeah. M- maybe we can get more Type Cs on there. I on a desktop, I don't think it's there. <laughs> on a laptop, maybe. Yeah. It's it's actually probably a better question on a laptop, but on a desktop. It is weird to see a, a, a motherboard with, you know, eight USB ports on the IO shield sometimes. It's like, what the hell are people using all this for? But I, I use a lot of USB. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, want- think I, have, I think I have seven things hooked up right now or something like that. I use a lot. But, you know, it is, it, but even on a desktop, we're at the point where we're like, God, I wish I'd, what the hell, this slow-ass USB 3 port on here? Why don't they put a Type-C 10 gig, right, or a, or a 20 gig, or a, or a Thunderbolt? Right, yeah. or USB four. You just all for those USB keys. You do. I think I, I would. I don't think we need ten Type A's anymore. So I think we could. We can go to I, four. I do. I do. 
Maybe six? Mm, six? Eight. Eight. Six yeah, I think A's, it's my cutoff. Four C's? No? No. I, I, one C is fine for me. I, I need as many type A's as I can at this point. But they're slow. They I are mean, slow. But it, it, it doesn't matter. Most of the stuff that I use, uh, you know, I, I like... At least the motherboards I use have the delineation of like, hey, there's the two, there's the three, three point one, three point two, oh, USB C. You know, the so worst, Adam. Well, no, I I actually like it because then I'm like, okay, I know what's going to go here, I know what's going to go right. here. I already have it mapped out in my head. Yeah, yeah, I know what it's like. It's like this. <laughs> I I think that's the type. And then later on, like, why are my files copying at forty megs a second? <laughs> and yeah, then I like, use it for more than I just copying. Let me get back. Pull. It's always, it's just terrible. It's yeah. just a, yeah. But I'm, you have the physical space on a desktop to put all those ports in. With a laptop, you don't. Which yeah. Which is why they've yeah. Thunderbolt, essentially. Because Thunderbolt just, beep, you have your little Thunderbolt dock, and then you have all your ports go off of that. I just hate crawling behind my stupid machine for that, you know? Agreed. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so, crap, there was one more question. Oh, uh, Reps Up 100 asked, uh, what did uh, all of you think about the Alder Lake plus Intel Al- Alchemist Intel... A deep link demo with handbrake. I'm sorry. You're looking at me because I'm the GPU guy, but I actually have not had a oh. chance to look at it yet. It's basically the same thing <laughs> as they did with the XC Max demo, where they're basically, mm-hmm. you know, because you have multiple encoder engines now. Why don't we have some software that can take advantage of it? Right. So it was it was cool, and it's very similar to what you're seeing out of on the Apple side because again, it's about yeah, that's right. It's just like Clipper's owner. Steve Ballmer saying, <laughs> developers, 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 developers. Because you get them to support all those multiple encode engines. It's it's cool. You you build it. And if you build it, <laughs> they don't always come. So hopefully we will see people take advantage of it. So I think it's cool. Cool that, stuff. Yeah. That The deep link, though, that deep link, I tested it, the Intel Z-Max in the Acer Swift 3X laptop. And for applications that actually use it, it's really awesome. And that's just with the two integrated notebook GPUs. Like if once you put in a desktop class processor in there, like that's it's gonna be super cool. I love seeing, you know, vendors putting special sauce into stuff like that. Yeah. I mean we've like got all the cores really, and everything. Take advantage of it, right? Yeah, it's it's like truly beneficial. Like it, even in the the laptop form that I tested it in, like it made a tangible difference to how fast you went through things. Mm-hmm. Adding desktop class power to it great nice uh last question take this however you will um <laughs> liquid r over on discord front of the show asked true or false chicken burgers as in are they are they real you mean the chicken <laughs> burger war <laughs> are they good i, I don't know oh. I, you, you, it's, it's mm. your your interpretation of the the true or false so i've had some good chicken burgers and i've had some really bad ones just the popeyes questions I think it's the Chick-fil-A. You know how like uh, it's now everybody they sort of like had that people like getting into fist fights over getting um No, that was Popeyes. Yeah, that was Popeyes. Was that? that was Popeyes. Yeah. It wasn't Chick-fil-A. See? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't I've had chicken sandwiches and I've had burgers and I've had turkey burgers. But I don't know if I've ever had a chicken burger because usually I have a chicken sandwich. To me, a chicken yeah. burger would need to be ground chicken exactly. and made into a burger, and that's that right. just sounds disgusting <laughs> yeah, as heck. I agree. No, no. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. basically a, a deep fried uh you know Chicken breast. Yeah, for the deep fried That's a chicken breast. sandwich. That's a chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's a chicken, sandwich. chicken yeah. burger. No, because yeah, I wouldn't call it a burger. It's a right. burger because it's round. It may have sesame seed buns on it's top. Not or a, sesame yeah, seeds on top. It's round. No. It's a chicken sandwich. 
Yeah, I'd call what? it. No, sand- that is yeah. not a sandwich. Yeah, mm-hmm. burgers, I love yeah, me yeah. some chicken sandwiches, but yeah, they're good. Also, pass on the chicken burger. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because some places like um, uh, Burger King, you can actually get a chicken sandwich like a normal one with like a, a weird patty and then they've got the deep fried one which is a whole separate one so there's actually really? two different kinds of of chicken yeah sandwiches. that's the one you yeah. want because like the yeah actually the the chicken burger with like just the like fried you know basically no that yeah i'm talking yeah. about chicken sandwich chicken sandwich burger. they're not chicken burgers chicken keep, burgers would have to be ground oh I keep meaning this to go. Was there's this a up. whole there's a whole there's a whole chicken burger war these well, days, I think. No, I think it's a sandwich. There was a war. Sandwich. No, sandwich. Is it well, no, Everybody I, I, well, has it now. No, because, yeah, 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 well, uh, the McDonald's came out with theirs mm-hmm, recently. Mm-hmm, that was yep. a new one. And oh, there was another new one. Was it? Burger King introduced one called Chicken, which I just thought was genius. Oh, yeah, I had one actually, of those. Actually, so it was. Oh, it depends. It depends on where you get it. I've had a really bad one of those that was like oh, kind of, of undercooked, and then I've had actually a pretty good one. I, mm. I, a good one of the Burger King ones, I rank as number two. Oh, Popeyes. really? Really? Yeah. When so, it's good. Okay. When it's good. The, the undercooked reads is a good question. A burger, you get different levels, right? Like me personally, I like my burgers like rare. Would you eat your chicken burger rare, Gordon? I mean, no, don't, no, don't eat anything you, rare from, a, from a drive-thru. Right, yeah. To get them fried because they they're fried because they're chicken sandwiches, not chicken burgers. No, it's a chicken burger. It's on a because <laughs> literally, literally, it's like on the production run. They like they're making all these burgers. Like, hey, we got one of those chickings. <laughs> okay, you take the chicken, you take the the beef patty, you, you throw it in the garbage, and then you put it back into the food lineup, and then <laughs> and then you take the deep fried thing, you put it on there. Oh. It's the it's got the entire external shell and mm-hmm. form factor of a burger, except it has a, a fried deep fried chicken patty. On why don't that, we have a, that's a, a why don't we have a fast food sponsorship? Every time I'm on here, we end up talking about fast food. And it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. I, I know. I need to. I need to reach out. Um, so kamikaze. I don't know if that's true. Or they they're claiming that McDonald's calls them chicken burgers. Mm, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. I, I don't no, think it's so. A chicken sandwich. Uh, also, uh, yeah. Dominic says a uh, uh, chicken sandwich is the chicken breast slices and the vegetable and mayo, where chicken burgers are the the, bread. the breaded um breaded no. yeah, bread and fried no. those are good. no uh-uh. I, I would disagree to the death over this one it may be a regional thing but no nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh they, they Wait, say I... they say in germany that that's what they call them oh wow so, the, okay. the german mcdonald's so. they got the metric system they wouldn't <laughs> if you had come on if you line them up on the table like five different burgers one of them had the fried chicken thing in it you you couldn't tell if you had to run into the the room and grab one in one second, and you couldn't, they look exactly the same. Except it's got the fried chicken. No, it's a, it's a chicken can, burger. You can, you can tell. Uh, also, you know what? This this might be a good uh, this might be a good uh, showdown. Uh, you could seriously, yeah, do yeah, this yeah. yeah, yeah I, th- I think you know what? Maybe, should we make this a showdown for the belt, Gordon? You you do your one of your polls and say, <laughs> hey, the, the Popeye sandwich is that a chicken burger or is that a chicken sandwich? It's a chicken burger. Are, are no. you are, put that out there? I, I'm willing to I'm willing to fight you for this belt, Gordon. Oh, you uh, know, I never I, checked the last one. I was asking for people's opinions on best movie trilogy. I can't remember what even won. Won or won. Yeah, I don't oh, know what. Uh, D- Dominic says uh, the U- oh, and- UK McDonald's call them uh, chicken burgers. See? Well, the UK is wrong. They drive on the wrong <laughs> yeah. side of the road. See? <laughs> somebody says uh, also in the UK they call it uh, the Royale with chicken. No, that's an <laughs> 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 no. Lord of the Rings is one. So the, I basically did a poll. It was like, a oh, yeah, that's best easy. movie. The greatest movie trilogy of all time is Lord of the Rings. Yes. The Godfather, Back to the Future of Star Wars. 
Star Wars was surprisingly uh, second place. Well, not surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings is a really good trilogy. Godfather, I really uh, thought would have been... Really? No. Not over Lord of the Rings or well, Star Wars, if you no. Just, no, but you just pretend the third one didn't exist, then, then it would win. John Wick. It's not a trilogy. Oh. Uh, also, bad. a $5 super chat from Lindsay said uh, Team Chicken Sandwich. So. It's not Thank a sandwich. You, uh, you chose right, Adam. <laughs> yep. We, we, you know what? I, we should put it put it up for the belt. Let's let's have a. It's fried. They here. put it on the grill. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> they they probably deep fry it and then they put it on the grill and then they fry it some more and they hit it with a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, I was, you know, what, actually, yeah. Sorry. One more. Uh, Corbin says in Germany they have chicken burgers, McChicken, and crispy chicken. <laughs> so That's three different much. kinds of ways That's to do chicken. That's just too much granularity. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh okay then uh yeah we need we need to get out of here because now I'm hungry check back next week for your <laughs> fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on iTunes Google Play Spotify or Stitcher and if you're on one of those services please leave a review every time you do people understand a chicken <laughs> deep fried in a burger bun with lettuce and tomato that chicken gets is a burger. <laughs> Same questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Put the belt on. Burgers use ground meat. Put the belt on. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you going to say then if somebody is a, is a vegetarian and there's no ground meat on there? That is literally, you, they're not eating a burger. You're going to discount ground substance. If, if you look at the vegetarian burgers, they're ground as well. Yeah, they actually are. Yeah. Well, they're ground up. Believe me. It's true. That. That chicken looks like it's a piece of chicken. It's ground. It is ground up and reshaped with some sort of purple thing or pink sludge to make it look like a chicken. I would be much more inclined to call a chicken nugget a chicken burger than a chicken sandwich a chicken burger. I'm going right now to internet chicken burger. Thanks for coming. Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Bye, internet. Mark Hawkman. Thanks, guys. Adam Patrick Murray. Who doesn't know what a chicken burger is either? I will put I will put oh, the yeah. belt on it that it's a chicken sandwich. Gordon, me, you in the ring or the internet right. Twitter ring. Let's do it in the drive-through. In the drive-through, I'm gonna say I would like a chicken burger. Do you think the person's gonna go? Whoa, nice chicken sandwich. Sir. <laughs> they're, I can't they're gonna say, What are you talking about? Uh, they're gonna say we're gonna throw whatever we want at you. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, Karthik gave us a hundred ru- ru- rupees. Rupees. Uh, thank you so much. It said in India, KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, all call them fri- the fried versions burgers as long as they were using buns. That's, well, that's a UK, Germany. We are learning some India. of it, though. That's we, I, I think the world has spoken. Uh, the, the world is wrong. Uh, put it out on Twitter. Put it on Twitter. You get the belt. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.